This is Armand Asante. Eric Newman. Eric Hansen. This is Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Hi, this is Glenn Case. Nick Perdomo. Nicholas Perdomo Jr. This is Jerry from Ben and Jerry's. This is Jim Young from Davidoff of Geneva. This is the Cigar Authority. The authority. Are you saying pal? On everything cigar. In. I get it. And out of the cigar industry. I know what it entails, and I'm ready to nail it. With your host. You're you're, you're funny. David Garofalo. I'm funny how? Like I'm a clown? I amuse you? What the f***? so funny about me. Tell me. Mr. Jonathan. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Barry Stump. Sportos, motorheads, geeks, bloods, wasteoids. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. And Chuck Morrison. I am 35 years old, and I live in a van down by the river. It's time to light him up. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Joining us is a cigar lover, from what I understand, uh, and a comedian, Jay Grohl. Welcome, Jay. Thank you. I'm looking at the notes, and I like how it says a cigar lover, listener, and then a comedian quotes. The first two things are true, this comedian thing. The jury's out. We can't really validate that until we talk to him. Yeah, we go. (laughs) Because of uh, how we started the Cigar Authority almost five years ago, we Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, what a run. And uh, let's just say comedians put a bad taste in <laughs> So we're, we're both very nervous that you're here. Uh, yeah, I, I just feel they deliver for some reason. Uh, on stage, maybe they've got it. And off stage, they don't. So, you know, we're going to uh, try it out. Thank you right. for a while. Well, well, you were mocking me and you said, what a run. I think that's going to say that to me in about 20 years. Yeah, so. hey, Appreciate that. And you can see, we'll see how things go. Okay. So how long have uh, you been doing this economy? Uh Just over six years. Six Started years. in uh, January 2009. Yeah. All right. So uh, how old are you? Uh, I turned 42 yesterday. All right. Wow. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yesterday. Yeah. So, uh, so when we, this airs, five days. Yeah. Right. yeah see, I know the case. That's, you know, there's a few math skills right there. How long have you been smoking cigars? Uh, I started smoking cigars, I guess, 98. So about 17 years now. Uh, nice. While my, my, my first home, I was like, I need to have, have a, a grown-up thing to do, and uh, got into it. My dad's always been a cigar guy, but he's like, he smokes cigars like a Looney Tunes character. He'll just like bite the end off, and he'd light it off a gas stove, and just doesn't really. So I wanted to kind of get into it, but but learn about it. So I really kind of started ground floor and learning the, uh, the difference between the good and the bad and the ugly. Started off just buying packs and just kind of sifting through and seeing what I liked and what I didn't. And I, I love it. So it's a really great pursuit. It's universal, literally going here in the Oh, really? You don't know about No, I, I get around, but it just, uh, it's one of those great things no matter where you go. Scar and wine is always there. I gotta say, Jay is a, is a true geek in training. He came in uh, earlier with a lighter that wasn't working properly. So I did what we do here. I cleaned it out, I let it, cleaned the jets for him, and he was intrigued with every single process of it. So I gotta say, yeah, I, like I didn't know about it. We're going to learn a lot. This is the Cigar Authority. We are the Cigar uh, Authority, meaning we are the authority on everything cigars, everything that has to do with cigars, including the lighting and the cutting. I'm going to take one of these cigars and we're smoking this first. Yes, we okay, uh, it is the Cubanacan Connecticut Robusto Barry. Uh, we're going to smoke first, so tell us a little about this. All right, the Cubanacan Connecticut is a cigar that features an Ecuador, Connecticut, not only on the wrapper, but also on the binder. There's also Nicaraguan fillers. The name Cubanacan was chosen for its vibrant history 
and the story behind its meaning. Cubanicon means where fertile land is abundant and is derived from tobacco traditions that predate Cuba itself. Okay, so seeing we have a, a, a authority in Training? In training, yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> it used to be Chuck, and now he's a pro on it. Oh, it's, nice. it's two ways to uh, smell a cigar. It, ha it has the aroma. First off, we took the cellophane off it because it just drives us crazy when people try to smell a cigar through the cellophane because actually it, it, it's, a, it's part of comedy to us when we watch something like this because there, there is no smell of cellophane. <laughs> but on the outside of a cigar, if I were to hold it underneath my nose and run it through, it has an aroma to the cigar on the outside. So very, very light. As Barry said, it's a Connecticut shade in a Connecticut binder. So there's not a lot of aroma there when it comes to it. Uh, maybe a little grassy, uh, very soft smell. But then the second way is in the foot of the cigar, the open end of the cigar, the foot of the cigar. We're going to smell inside there. And there's a whole different smell there, right? Buttery richness. A little buttery smell is what, what Barry's getting. It reminds me of Tostado Cubano. This is, uh, this is a little grassiness to it. Which you'll be having in Cuba every morning, a little Tostado Cubano, a little Cafe con Leche. You think so? We'll see what I have over there. Um, so not, not usually there's something dramatic happening here, but this is, seems a very, very light cigar. So we'll see as we get through it. Right now, it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that, while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. And now we're going to cut our cigar. And we're watching really close how uh, Jay did it. He's a professional. He did good. He did good. Right? Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes we see people really. Cut it down to about there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They lop yeah, it they, off. They think the band is the line of demarcation <laughs> yeah. for cutting. The way I've always learned it is you're supposed to, when you, when you draw off it, it's more like a sip than a, yeah, you we, want to be kind of sipping the smoke and be able go. to play with it. All right. So uh, now. That's it's, what she said. We're going <laughs> to give our cigar a light and we're going to use uh, the this. vertigo. <laughs> Sorry. That's Mr. John. I've never heard of that one before. It is. It's a, it's a new lighter. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got the Vertigo really slider. Cool. This lighter features an onboard bullet cutter, which goes a well past vertical. So you guys that like the big ring gauges and like the punch, you've got an, an opportunity there. It features three jets and the patented Vertigo big-ass tank to be able to fire enough fuel for all three of those jets for all of your smoking pleasure. These are awesome. Jeez. Full metal jacket here, full body metal jacket. How much for this bad this boy? This is twenty nine ninety nine. Kidding. This is a hundred dollar lighter all day long. Yeah, it's but the actual retail is twenty nine ninety nine. Tough to beat. These vertical lighters are tough to beat. This one in particular, twenty nine ninety nine, uh, comes with a little case. While you were down in D.C., something you neglected to inform us last week. Everybody was using vertical lighters down there. Everybody was. Um, yeah, I neglected. I, I was sick last week. Very, very sick. Last week, meaning two days ago, because we just taped the show. It's, uh, 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 this is being the tape show. But um, yeah, I've been sick for the past couple of days. When I travel, man, I don't travel well. Uh, Jay, you must have to travel all the time, right? I do. I really enjoy it. You do? Yep. Man, I can't do it. Now, when you say travel, do you travel 
state to state? Do you travel around New Hampshire? Uh, I, do, I do a little like? bit of both. And one of the great things about it is that you can, uh, as long as the work is there, you can really kind of pick and choose. And I was talking a little bit about that earlier. I'm a baseball guy. I'm a cigar guy. So to be able to look at the calendar and go, I'd like to work in Florida this time of year to have that flexibility. And it's really cool. So I've, I've been lucky enough to get around the country doing it and uh, perform very heavily in New Hampshire trying Get my name out there. I'm a New Hampshire guy, and then really you got a comedy believer. club up here. I do. Veronica laughs over in uh, Raymond, New Hampshire. Your Veronica. own, your own comedy club. I do. Yep. Oh, that'll definitely get you booked if you own the place. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a hard time getting there. Got to work on my game, I guess. Wow. But yeah, it's and that's one of the things about being a New Hampshire comic is there's not, uh, you know, the bevy. The streets aren't lined with comedy clubs like they are in some of the other parts of the country. So. Um, being able to do some stuff like that besides performing, getting into more of the business side, allows me to not only stay doing it full-time, but stay in New Hampshire, which is really important to me. And travel around, seeing all the competition, basically. You get to go to everybody else's comedy club and see what they're doing right, mm-hmm. and then add that to your uh, your mix at your comedy club. And Oh, definitely. I definitely, uh, definitely pick brains when I'm on the road, similar to cigars and learning as much as I can. The comedy business, there's so many. If you keep your ears open and, and mouth closed, you can learn a ton and, and really apply that. Do you use just finished material at your own club in a sort of not pooping where you eat kind of <laughs> scenario, or is that the place that you try out new material? I don't try a lot of new material there because we get a lot of regulars, and you don't want to be the guy up there every single month kind of uh, working your own craft, uh, being being indulgent, and turning customers off. And I mean, I'm good at what I do, but there's only so many times you can see me up there trying my new stuff. So I try and really limit uh, when I'm up there. I, I, March being my birthday month, I am there every March, so I'm there coming up this month. But uh, for the most part, no, I, I go out and work the open mics. I'm, I'm fortunate that I book a lot of my own open mics, so I can kind of work my stuff in my own room, and it's great because instead of working two or three minutes like you have at some open mic, I can go and work 10 and work bigger chunks and get them better faster. So, Being a comedian yourself and hiring other comedians, uh, do, they, do they give you a deal? Do they give you a break and you get some big names that normally would never play in a place like yours? Type of thing. Um, or, or, well, I like the assumption that you assume my place is kind of business. Yeah, you just basically <laughs> said, listen, you, you have a dive you bar. decent not, guys that will come to your crap hole. Not, <laughs> be, being in New Hampshire, listen, it, I, we're in New Hampshire ourselves, yeah. you know. No, they, they want to play Boston. They don't want to play New Hampshire. I, I've been lucky. Uh, I'm not afraid to ask good guys to come and perform, and, and I'm pretty upfront about what I can afford and what I can't. It's a different demographic, obviously, than Boston. And, yes. Uh, I think with comics, the good ones, the ones that you really see out there making a living, they love performing. If you can give them competitive wages, if you can give them a setting that's nice and they're not going to hate the gig, that goes a long way. Yeah. Um, there are some guys, obviously, that are just out of my price range, but we, we do some big special events. Uh, I've been able to – I booked Michael Winslow. So if you're a Police Academy fan, the man of 10,000 sound effects. Okay. I uh, had him come in, and, and I think got him at, for, for him, got a reasonable rate. You make it enjoyable. You make it. Uh, you, you just try and remember. Guys love doing this, and if you can give them a setting where they're going to remember how much they love it, that goes a long ways. Wow, there's a guy living off a reputation from from 1977. <laughs> I, I, could, I you know. could fill your show plus a special edition of your show with stories about how I will never work with him again. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um, is he but, a bit of a diva? I, I think that maybe his calendar. He forgot to change it at the end of 1985, and still thinks that maybe he's uh, that kind of guy still. But it's Fair 2015, enough. and. A lot of folks aren't uh, as aware of him, I guess, is the nice yes. way to put it. And he's, uh, he's, I didn't know his name, but when you said Police it, Academy, I, Man of a Thousand I hate 10, to say voices. it, but when we marketed the show, I'd have to go to tell people the black guy from Police And they go, oh, him. Now, yes. I can say that. You know, I can't see it on the podcast, but if you watch the stream, I'm allowed to say that. Gary, yeah. you cannot say that. So. You know, and, and I heard about you uh, that you, you were 
half black. That's correct. Uh, you heard? Well, they said, I'm, we an, think, Ital- we I'm like an Italian American. You people. Well, no, I like I like you said it like you heard it on the street somewhere. Like someone's like, "Hey, Dave, come here. Can I talk to you?" Yeah, just so you know, it's coming in. But you look more Italian. Uh, and I've used that to my advantage when I'm in uh, when I'm in certain settings. I, I use Puerto Rican. I whatever you know, whatever. Yeah, you in my pre-married in. days, Dave, I've been a lot of things. Um, so the last, but yeah, I'm, I'm half black, half French Canadian. That's a pretty uh, pretty cool you're mix. Like, you are a French Canadian, aren't you? I'm Mr. a portion French Canadian, portion Native American. Yeah, kind Native American. You got to go with that, huh? We're gonna Harry, have to I'm going to tell you the punchline. They're on a genealogy discussion. So I'll tell you where I was going. No, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Too late. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's. Uh, um, and that's uh, material-wise. That's I work a lot of my material. My, my life is my set, and I feel like with that, you know, no one can ever say, "Well, you stole that from me." It's like you know, if you want to claim my life as your own, you got problems because haven't been all that good. There's, there's a lot of that stealing <laughs> of of uh, comedy. I, I'll tell you, this is what I think about stealing. I think there is a very small, less than a one percent of comics who will legitimately go, hey, that's Jonathan's joke, but I heard it work, so I'm going to take it and use it. You can't. There's too much social media. There's too – everyone takes it. Is that it. when you were pretending you to be Puerto Rican? No, I did that in college because I, <laughs> I went to school in Willimantic, Connecticut, so I used that to get the ladies. But, uh, yeah. That wasn't comedy. That was all did very serious. Did you have serious. to learn how to salsa dance to really sell the role? I did. Yeah. I did. I'd go to the clubs in Hartford, and I, I definitely learned. I acclimated. But – um. I don't think uh, – a lot of times it isn't stealing. It's low-hanging fruit. If you said to me, hey, all three of you uh, guys here, write a joke about Obama uh, and do it. he did this or write a celebrity joke, we'd probably come up with something similar because it's just you write what's quick and what's easy. And, it's a, and then people go, well, he stole that. And no one stole your joke about this or that. You just picked low-hanging fruit and you're bound to run in. I mean there's thousands of guys doing this. Right. You're bound to run into someone where you kind of go, that sounds like my – Nobody stole your loud, and that's the thing. It's always the guys where you're going. Who'd want to steal that? It's <laughs> not going, not even good. Are you are you a, a more when you? Uh, I'm assuming you you write your own bits. So are you somebody that puts pen to paper, or mm-hmm. do you just brave it and go out there in front of a live audience at an open mic and tr- just try something out? The best guys, I think, are the ones that can make it look like oh, he's just up there talking. And there's hours that go into that. I'm a big believer in writing. When I first started, I wrote what I thought were jokes, and it was basically. Uh, if I gave anybody a pen and paper and say, hey, write what you think is funny, you do that and you get to a point where you go, man, I've used that and I don't know how to write anymore. And I, I actually took a joke writing class and it was huge. It, it, it allowed me to write on any topic and that allowed me to start doing uh, more business stuff and more corporate stuff because you can – I've written jokes for a grocery store and they want – they're like, can you write about the grocery store? And you, you have to be able to take anything and figure out how to make it funny. So there's definitely a system – I'm good at getting up on stage and interacting with the crowd. It doesn't scare me. I love it. It's a, it's a, a rush. Have Not you- necessarily heckling, but I find that the way I present it, pe- people want to be part of it. They want to, I mean, when you think about it, would you rather me sit and talk at you for 45 minutes or have the chance to throw your thing out there and, you know, and, and throw it out there knowing that the guy on stage will take it and kind of go, yeah, well, here's what's funny about that. And then you kind of feel like, hey, man, that was, that was kind of part of it. Have you had that Seinfeld moment where you wake up 3 o'clock in the morning, have a great bit, you write it down? Go back to sleep, wake up eight in the morning, can't figure out what you wrote. I am very careful that when I do, and I do, I have a notepad right next to my bed. I'm very careful uh, that I not only do that, but I also voice record. I mean, I have it on the phone where you can go, here's what I mean when I wrote, you know, chips and dips, bald eagle. You go, because you do, you wake (laughs) up and it it was the funniest thing. And even you think it is, but I'll tell you something. Nine times out of 10, you wake up the next day. And even when you know what it is, you go, I wish I didn't. That's, that's brutal. There, there's a part of uh, my act that's become a strong bit that was something I woke up middle of the night and went, 
this, 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 and this, and woke up the next day and had documented it well enough, I turned it into a decent bet. Uh, so you, you, that does happen. You you never know when it's going to strike. So I always have the recorder, always have the pen and paper. And did you have a write for somebody else? Did you sold them? I did. Yeah. I, I, I did. I wrote for, uh, she was a Boston comic originally, but now it's an L.A. Uh, comic. And um, I won't mention her because she owes me money. So she's not getting that free plug out of the <laughs> okay. Cigar Authority, folks. Come on, but, um, pay your bills. But, um, yeah, I did. And uh, Jonathan and I talked about that a little bit earlier because he's had similar experience in radio trying to write for other people. Writing in someone else's voice, as we call it, is, is super tricky because I can write something that I know I can sell. I know my persona on stage. When people come, they know what they're getting. I'm kind of that guy. And to write for someone else, you have to kind of go, well, how, what's funny about them? How would they put it? What's their thing? And it's very tricky. To I write find a punctuation to be the, the biggest deal ender when it comes to trying to get the, <laughs> the pregnant pause in and, and, and be able to get somebody to be able to read the delivery that you had or that I had in my head. But a big part of that is, tr- is learning how to write. I don't want to say dumbing it down necessarily, but writing where timing isn't an issue because if everyone had great comedic timing – we the would world be, would be much funnier. Yeah. So you have to kind of write for someone who you know is just going to go, dun, 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 and be able to make that funny when you know they're not going to be able to pause correctly. You know they're not going to be able to sell it the way you hear it in your mind. Sounds like one um, of my reviews. So that's a skill. Yeah, I feel like we're even now for, for me fixing your lighting. <laughs> possibly just fix the old Fart Freddy bit. Yeah. It's, it's a very tough thing. But uh, and I, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't have a better way to say it than dumb it down. But you really – you take the aspects that would make you a pro comic out of it because you're not writing for a pro comic. You're writing for – you know, this guy or that guy who may be funny, but you have to kind of set them up. You're the point guard. You have to give them the ability to be funny and to shine doing what they do, not trying to make them do what you do because a lot of folks can't do that. You have that history and that background and that, that voice and that Tim Wakefield beard. And there's a lot of things going for you, Jonathan. Thank you. I'm telling you. Tell us, tell us about the dating game. The match game? The match game. Well, and match a lot of people game. get that confused. I had a guy tell me once, he's like, I want to come and play, but my wife would kill me if she found out I was trying to hook up. And the match <laughs> game, it's the old, I call, I tell people it's like Mad Libs for grownups. Basically, uh, it's a weeknight thing that I run at a, different, a lot of different places. And I run it at, at actually at a cigar bar up in Rochester. We have a great time with it. It's, uh, I, I, we do five rounds. I read fill-in-the-blank questions. And um, so like an example might be, I might say, we have two contestants, we have three panelists. One of the questions might be something like, if my friends knew I'd never find out, they would describe me as blank. The contestants then have 30 seconds to write down an answer that's going to match our panelists, and it opens up to a lot of funny things, and uh, we have a good time with it. it we uh, can do it very clean, Then we have some nights where it gets a little risque, but it's a great time, and it's good for me to be able to get up there and not be doing pure stand-up with the same crowd of week. You have to be sharp. You have to have new jokes and new bits, and kind of. so that's a great testing ground for material as well. We have a ton of fun with it. And get the people involved. We mm-hmm. try to get the people involved here on the Cigar Authority. We ask a question each and every week to try to get them engaged and let them know, uh, get answers from them, Barry. Last week's question. We asked what the deciding factor was when you pick up a new cigar for the first time, and 60% said online reviews. Wow. With with number two being the overall appearance at 16%. How many times did you click that button, Barry? Once. Okay. (laughs) Online reviews? Yep. And the sales Uh, pitch got the least amount of votes with 3%. I price would, uh, wasn't a factor? Because to would, me, that's the first yeah. thing I thought would be uh, price. Appearance of, of the packaging and appearance of the cigar? The overall appearance was second with 16%. No kidding. I'm going to go as far as to say I have never 
got any interest in us on a um, review of a cigar yeah. for, for I'm a cigar buyer. I mean, we right. buy cigars for a living, but because somebody else reviewed it of that's something we should, or a consumer should buy because somebody else. It, it just goes to show what I, what I've said in the past is that the online consumer, the guy that's reading our site, Cigar Federation, Half Wheel, so on and so forth, they're a different person yeah. than the average guy that walks into the door. So the, diff, the, uh, the person listening to our show right now is a different person than our regular average Well, not, well not everybody the show, that listens to the show, right, obviously, the, the show, is voting. The show, right. The show, I think, is different. I think it's all-encompassing, yeah. where the actual website is the cigar geek that's going to look about what's new. And he says that's that a crazy in, the, in the nice way. Jeez. I, the only time I would ever think I would do something like that, like when Cigar Aficionado says these are the top 25, I'll look at that and go, well, I've never had that. Mm-hmm. Radio. Yeah, but like, never like gone to like the equivalent of Cigar Yelp and been like, well, what did they say about this? Yeah, yeah. You almost, I mean, to me, and I mean, obviously there are people who feel differently. To me, me kind of finding out what the journey is, what the notes are. What yeah, the, yeah. I don't want somebody going, it's this, this, and this, and that's why I like it. I, I, that would be odd. But I'm, I am in the minority. What percentage? Huge percentage. 60%. Jeez. Wow. Sweet. That's crazy. Mind I if you were to pull people inside the store, you'd have a totally different... Yeah, yeah completely. The, they're going to go by, uh, by the, the, the employee here, the professional. Right. Here. The online review would come in dead last. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Very, very interesting. I'm glad you're asking these questions because they're blowing my mind. <laughs> Each and every week, they are blowing my mind. And this week, we kept it simple, and we just asked, how many cigars do you smoke a week? One to two, three to four, all the way up to 21 plus, which was my selection. Which would be my selection, too. But we're professionals. We have to do it. How about you, Jay? How many cigars a week? I would say I'm probably in the 10 to 15 range. Really? Yeah. Oh my God! We got to get you on the mailing list here. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of dicta- a lot of that is dictated by the fact that I, I'm a comic for a living. So a lot of time I would probably smoke more if I could. Yeah, um, but that's again why I look at price would be my first thing. That I- <laughs> right, right. It, it comes down to it anyway. Uh, did we mention Barry? How much uh, does Cubanicon with smoking cost? Um, I didn't put down the notes because we this haven't really the, been mentioning it. But I think it's like five, five to uh, low six, high five. Yeah, five to six fifty. Yeah, depending on the size. Okay. All right, it's time for this classic day in classic history brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. In classic history. Here's looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste. The classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's undertones, you idiot. Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. We have four birthdays today, a baker, an inventor, and two actors. This is how it goes, Jay. You got these three guys on here, Mr. Jonathan, Barry, and Chuck. Defending champion over here, by the way. Oh, nice. Barry is the defending champion, is right. Uh, Mr. Jonathan uh, is close. Chuck has not won. I am the Open Raiders of this. uh, Yes. Um, you, you can be on any one of their teams. Which team would you like to attend? You know what? I'm, I'm a Jets fan. I'm going to go. I'm going to be on Chuck's team. Chuck's team. He's going to need the help. 
So uh, this is how it works. It's the closest without going over. We say somebody's birthday that's celebrating their birthday. We guess what year that they were born in this case. Okay. So uh, best without going over. And if we knew yesterday was your birthday, it would have been perfect. But we didn't know that. <laughs> I would have gotten that one. You would have got it. It would have been a, would a slam dunk. So uh, we're taping on March 3rd, so we're going to call it March 3rd. And today is Buddy Val... Buddy Valastro. Valastro? Velastro. Buddy Velastro's birthday. Uh, Buddy Velastro. They usually, on Wikipedia, they have the pronunciation written right next to it. If you look at that, you'll know how to say it. I should have, <laughs> but I didn't. And uh, do you know who Buddy Velastro is? I don't think anybody does. He Buddy is, Hackett? He is the um, an American baker, a reality star on TLC series Cake Boss that spun off from Kitchen Boss. He learned baking in his business, baking cakes for his family. He published two Cake Boss books and also produced his own spin-off show, The Next Great Baker. He's the Cake Boss. You heard of him. Don't make believe like you haven't. He's the Cake Boss from New Jersey. Born today, what year, Mr. Jonathan? 1965. 1965. Barry? 68. 68. And uh, Chuck and Jay? You want to say 69? I, I wanted to go 67. I feel like he's 50, but I want I don't want to go over, so I was going to go 67. But 69, that's, that's always fine, too. Can't go wrong with 69. Thank you. Giggity. Giggity. What did you have, Barry? 68. Mr. Jonathan? 65. Uh, it goes to Chuck and Jay. It's nice. 77. Ah, 77. Great nice. work out of you. I would have blown that for us. That's all Thank right. Thank you, Chuck. That's all right. Okay. Uh, Giggity. Giggity. This goes to Barry. Today is the birthday of Alexandra Graham Bell. Alexandra Graham Bell, scientist, inventor, innovator of the first practical telephone. Also, groundbreaking work he did on optimal, optimal teleconferencing and hydrofoils. Uh, he also is the founding member of the National Geographic Society. Alexandra Graham Bell, born today. What year, Barry Stein? 1830. 1830. And uh, Chuck and Jay. What are you thinking, brother? I feel like it would be earlier than that. All right. You figured modern phone, 1850 was probably 1825. All right. I'm in with that. All right. I'm going to say 1701 for the win. 1701 would not be the win. It would be the worst loss. And they'll go to Barry at 1830 oh. because it was 1847. Oh, shoot. Wow. I'm, just, I, I'm out of it, Chuck. You no, invented, you know. <laughs> he invented the phone when he was three. Okay, we're moving on to an actor, an actor, and this is to uh, Jay and Barry. I mean, Jay and uh, Chuck. Uh, David Faustino. Faustino. Oh, Bud. There we go. He's got it. From uh, Actor Norm Married with Children? Yes. yes. Bud Bundy on the oh, TV no sitcom Married with Children. Made his first television debut at the age of three months old and uh, did not pursue acting at the age of six. Grew up wanting to be a rapper. Uh, that's where the Grandmaster B persona came on the Married with Children. That's where he got his fame, Married with Children. I don't know if he did anything afterwards. Or before, really. Yeah, but he is, uh, he is Bud from Bud Bundy from Married with Children. David Faustino, born today, what year? Thinking like 77. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm, I'm dead on. Dead on 77, Mr. Jonathan. 1971. 1971 and Barry. 1963. 63. 71 will take the point. <clears throat> it's 74. You damn right. So the beautiful thing is here, we have a tie. We have the tiebreaker coming right now, and this is another actor. It's going to you, Mr. Jonathan, correct? That's correct. 
James Doohan. James Doohan. Wasn't that the guy in Give Me a Break? No. Nope. No, that's Scotty in Star Trek. It is. It's Scotty from Star nice. Trek. Played the role of Star Trek chief engineer Montgomery Scott. Scotty. Both film and television versions of the franchise. He received the reputation of being a dangerously wild during his uh, first time with the Royal Royal Canadian Air Force. Uh, because of his role on TV, he inspired many people to become engineers. The late, great James Doohan, born today. What year, Mr. Jonathan? Got a last-minute change on the date here. I'm going 1923. 1923. And, uh, Barry? I'm going to give it all she got, 1935. 1935. And to... Uh, I'm saying 36. I'm with it. 36. Wow. And, unfortunately, we have a tie because everybody's over. It was 1920. No points. And, and I don't have, have any more. So we have a tie, and, and uh, actually nobody won. The Stay in Classic History brought to you by Classic Cigars, available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. And just a quick reminder, if it is your birthday, come into any Two Guys Smoke Shop location at Salem, Seabrook, or Nashville, New Hampshire, on your birthday, and they will be happy to cut and light a free happy birthday cigar just for you. Tell me this today. All right. Tell me this on March 3rd. There we go. We're going to take, uh, take a little trip into the mailbag. Hold on, buddy. Let's wait for it. Wait Congratulations, for it. Skippy. You've got mail. I didn't want to step over you. Thank you. You've got mail. There's a letter in your mailbox. The following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. I'm a longtime listener, and I love the show. You guys are the wild and crazy professors at Cigar College, oh. and I can't wait for class to begin via podcast every week. Oh, God. I listen on my commute, so it takes two days for me to hear the whole show at 30 minutes each way. I use the other days to catch up on old shows. The reason, the reason I'm writing to you is the official cutting by Perdomo segment. Everyone either needs to bring their own cutter or let the guys that have the cutters make the sound effects. Whoever thinks that snapping their fingers is fooling anyone is crazy enough to be in Mr. Jonathan's asylum. That's Barry and Chuck. Keep up the good work, Jake from New York. You're fooling nobody. P.S. You do it a lot. I love the classic segment, and I'm glad you kept it. Jake should keep selling his state farm insurance and worry about that. (laughs) Yeah. Because... I'm fabulous, damn oh, it. See? God. But you say that other... I even remember you last week making fun of other stations, other shows, making believe like they're lighting their cigars and stuff, and here you are, snapping your fingers, making believe like you Pretending like a finger snap could re- replicate that. It can't. Yeah, it's because, you know, we have like little plastic cutters that... You know, well, buy yourself a nice cutter. If I were you, I, Barry, recommend- I would find a way to cut the cigar using your hand. So that you could actually make that sound and do it and be like, ah, snap and cut. <laughs> like, suck it, Jake. Look at this. Nah, I'll butcher it. I'm better off I, I buying you, a cutter. And I bet you have a whole bunch of cutters, but you choose not to do it the right way. But I think today <laughs> has brought it on to for him to step it up and, uh, and do the right thing. But I'm just saying. I'm saying it because I'm just saying it. Okay, that sound means it's time to go to break. When we come back, we're going to go deep with comedian Jay Grove. The life on the road of a cigar-smoking comedian. Hotel stages with no smoking. What will he do? We'll get personal with Jay. Does he cheat on his wife what? while he's away with comedy groupies? Is that even a thing? Can Is there such a that? thing as comedy groupies? We're going to get personal, uncomfortable questions and lots more when we return. We may even talk a little about cigars, too. We're live on tape from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. 
Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Attic Out. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. She's a brick. <laughs> what about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? <laughs> Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! <laughs> Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world. You release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities, time. The time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours. The time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar, sometimes as much as 10 years. The time it takes to hand-pick, hand-roll, and then carefully hand-check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully filled. Mr. Punch is back with a new cigar that keeps it true to his name. Introducing Punch Signature, a flavorful, fuller-bodied cigar from Punch featuring a specially cultivated Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper and rich Nicaraguan fillers. The wrapper brings the deep history of Ecuadorian tobacco and Punch into the present with this new exciting leaf. You're not going to see that wrapper anywhere else in the market, so you owe it to yourself to grab one today. The new Punch Signature. True to its name. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Oh, yeah. You think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? So. I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah, they're delicious too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say it's Lagiana Havana. Oh yeah. To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light. For there can be no great future without reverence for the past. Hammer and Sickle Tradition Series cigars are handmade, employing only time-honored methods. Meticulously crafted of individually selected tobaccos, Tradition Series is a blend of three-year-aged Dominican Viso and Lijero, all finished inside a breathtaking five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. Tradition Series from Hammer and Sickle.
Live well. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. When smoking a good cigar, it should never burn too hot but cool. Here are the coolest guys around. Cool is the other side of the pillow, baby. The Cigar Authority. Did you pay her to say that? I did. And we're back. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority. It's a weekly broadcast about cigars and the nonsense surrounding them. Today, joining our team is Jay Grove. Jay is a professional, a professional comedian yes, sir. and a real cigar smoker. Thanks for being with us, Jay. Thank you for having me. This is, this is so much fun. I'm yeah. enjoying myself. Well, I can see you really do it. I can, I can see the way you hold it, the way you smoke it, the way you light it, the way you're enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? We're smoking the Cubanacon, Connecticut. Yeah, this is excellent. I had never had this. This is very good. I was really surprised by the price. That's super affordable for a really nice, nice, tight, well-wound smoke. This is excellent. It is mild. Any more information on this, Barry? We know it's a, about a $6 cigar. A little bit, this size comes in a little bit under $6. Okay. And it's, you know, double wrapper, well, wrapper and binder utilizing the same leaf. I'll tell you, it's double Connecticut. It really is extra creamy. You normally would get a creaminess from that uh, shade grown wrapper, but having two of them, you get a little boost of creaminess, which is why I like this. I didn't realize that it was a double double wrapper. The one thing that surprises me, like Ecuadorian Connecticut can be a little drying at times. And you use utilizing is this two of those keeping leaves. you moist. This is keeping me moist. There Outstanding. And this is where this is my wheelhouse where it goes. I like milder cigars. How about you, Jay? Do you like it? I mild? tend to go medium body just because I smoke so many of them. I, yeah. I don't want to go super heavy. Okay. So uh, <laughs> that's us too. We go through a lot of them. I, the real strong stuff is not good for me. But uh, tell me, when you're telling jokes. Uh, do you get to smoke cigars like the, the famous comedians that we know? That was what they did. Groucho Marx, he, he smoked a cigar while he told jokes. Bill Cosby, Ron White, uh, mm. to local days, George Burns, Milton Berle, David Letterman even did it. Uh, do you get to do that at all? Only when I'm in a setting like this, and that's why this is so cool, because I get to do both things. And it's, it's a neat thing to have this in your hand instead of a microphone. So, unfortunately, on stage, no. I mean, there's nowhere I've ever performed where... Uh, I've been allowed to have one on stage. Maybe, maybe that's the end that we need to get a comedy show going here. There we go. There yeah. we go. To fulfill that childhood dream of smoking and telling jokes. Yeah, and you don't have the juice yet to, to put it in your contract or something that I, I smoke a cigar on stage. I don't, I don't have a contract usually. I'm just happy that they're having me there. There, so. there we go. <laughs> there we go. There's an honest man, an honest comedian. Uh, as uh, 
other comedians that you've watched over the years, six mm-hmm. years in the business. Uh, you, did you have the comedy club that you owned before? or did I you, didn't. No, no, I started that about, uh, geez, will be two years in April. Okay, so you, you start off as a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, older in life, not, it's not like you started no, as a teenager. I'm, yeah, I started at 35. So wow. what, what inspired you? Was there a certain comedian that you said, okay, I want to be like that? No, you know, um, there wasn't. I, I had... Uh, was working my, my background before comedy is in uh, youth development Worked for the boys and girls club for about 15 years really enjoyed it before that software development uh it was actually it wasn't as much an inspiring thing as i just was going through in 2005 going through a divorce uh i had moved back up to new hampshire northern new hampshire from connecticut was very isolated and really uh needed something as an outlet i had a friend in connecticut that i was doing a, a video podcast with and um he started to get into stand-up we had some friends that were doing it on, on a national level and I just kind of said, you know what? It'll get me out of the house. It'll get me back down to Connecticut. Uh, if you're doing a show, I'd love to get on. I'll do, I'll do 10 minutes, which at the time I thought was pretty doable, not realizing that's a pretty big commitment. Uh, and went down and, and had my jokes that I had memorized and went up there and did it. And it was one of those things, kind of like the first time I played golf, where I go, this, this, I might not be very good at this, but this is for me. Really? Um, and just loved it. I got to imagine, I don't have a problem with public speaking. I could be in front of an audience, but to try to get up there and actually make them laugh it's got to be the toughest thing in the world. I envision of the, there's nothing more difficult than that. To really open yourself up. I mean, you yeah. completely. It's just you, and you're you're setting yourself up for you're not funny or you know. <laughs> true, and I'm a big. But I think starting later in life and having the corporate background helped me. I'm a big believer in preparedness. I'm a big. I mean, I've been in in staff meetings. I've organized things. I worked as an executive director in the corporate world, so I understand the need to be prepared. I take it seriously. Um, when I get up there, even if it's just working new material, there's a purpose behind it. I'm, I'm taping and going back and reviewing and, and seeing what could be done differently. And I want to entertain. I, I, I don't look at, I don't treat performances like I'm doing this and you need to be invested in it. I look at it like you came here to have a good time. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that happens and, and learning those skills to be able to do that in different settings uh, is all part of being a pro. Didn't Rodney Dangerfield start late too in his career? I feel like he did, although I couldn't tell you when. I feel like it was his... Or, or maybe maybe became successful late. I'm not well, sure I feel like he started. started in his 40s, like his late 40s. I'll have to uh, I, I, th- I think maybe it's Rodney Dangerfield, but he was many names before that. Okay. Actually, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a tough, tough beginning. I did watch a, uh, a show on him where he had a tough, tough beginning. Uh, I think his mother was a prostitute or something, lived in the in the prostitute house whatever it's called wow not that i would know and uh you know really tough beginnings and you hear a lot of that 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 the a comedian is is holding something back that they grew up a tough way something happened at the it's the upbringing how did you grow up was it a tough show us on the doll where he touched you (laughs) and i think and i'm not sure about rodney dangerfield but i know the the prostitute i know richard pryor i know that was his so i don't know if it was the same there's a lot of comics back then that prostitute uh, mother i wasn't that unfortunate (laughs) yeah um although it's a good stream of revenue so i guess it would have been better um no i grew up very poor i was the oldest kid oldest of nine kids total Mm. um and any of you guys oldest guys oldest kids i am jonathan you are oldest of how many of uh, three. Okay. And if you say one, you have to leave. You can't yeah, be here exactly. anymore. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, I, you know, one. as an oldest kid, you don't, you don't get a lot of nice stuff. We were a poor family. Now, are any of you guys youngest kids? I, I would also youngest. be the youngest of one. You were the oldest and youngest of one. Oh, All right. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I'm so the you, youngest of two. Okay. Well, that's still the youngest. Yes. Don't you say that with shame, Dave? Like, well, no, I didn't no. have more kids in my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, just youngest kids, they, they suck, you know? Jonathan knows what I'm talking about. Yes, three, they, do. they the youngest kids, because they, they get the nice stuff. 
I'm a poor kid. When we were poor, you didn't get nice. So wintertime, we didn't get nice stuff. We didn't get the gloves and the mittens. As a poor kid, there were times as the oldest, by the time it got to me, I had to wear a tube sock on my hand to keep it warm. It stunk. It wasn't good. And it, the thing is, it would keep your hand warm. You know how embarrassing it was to hit somebody with a snowball and to get athlete's foot on the court? <laughs> I was disgusted. <laughs> we were poor people. We had poor people stuff. We didn't have good things. There we go. I got a, uh, I got a little flavor coming off this. Sorry to interrupt, Jay. Uh, you guys have had cigar stuff. Yeah, interrupt the. You guys, I'm sure have had uh, good bread that's got the sesame seeds on the outside. The white bread with the sesame seeds, crusty, nice. It's crusty. You toast it, but when you butter it, you don't butter it just on the top. You got to butter on both sides. A little messier. Not a lot of people do it. This is a double buttered sesame toast. Right there, boom. That's it. I'm glad you. I was picking up some. Oh wow. I didn't know that. I apologize. Because, I didn't know that was no, coming. Because, um, because he's right. No, I picked up toast on that as well. And yeah. I don't know if it's just me. I'm also getting kind of like uh, almost a berry uh, finish to it. You've licked berry before? No. <laughs> I'm confused. I, I berry. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just smelling <laughs> don't berry. Actually, don't tell. Uh, but getting kind of a, an almost, um, like geez, a, I like a fruity, almost kind, not scenery, like but yeah. Uh, maybe so, there's jam on one side of the toast and there's butter on the other side. I don't know how we keep coming back to this. It sounds great. I wish we had some of this toast right now. That's all. <laughs> Apple butter. Ah. Apple butter? Sorry, Barry. You get crickets. <laughs> Man, just got the little harps. Well, it was actually for Jay. Oh. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you, you. Mentioned, you mentioned you, you were, have it. You mentioned you now were divorced. Own... Yes. I'm special. I was, yeah, and we go from that happy harp sound to, to Jonathan bringing up my divorce. Yeah, there you go. Let's, uh, let's get to <laughs> you have a sound this. effect for that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you end up... Uh, there we exactly. Go. <laughs> That's where I lived after I got divorced, I believe. Are you, are you, did you end up uh, making the mistake of getting married a second time? I was lucky enough to get married a second oh, time. Oh, nice. Ah, it was nice. great. Yeah, and pretty recently. I'm actually, um, in April, will be two years at the Comedy Club and actually uh, two years of uh, being married as well. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank and it's you. awesome. Being married a second time is much. And are you guys married guys? I am. I'm asking for I a friend. So. Yeah. All right. We all are, but, but Barry, he's but working on it. Okay. Well, don't work too hard. It's not all oh, it's cracked up. Yeah. <laughs> no, first, if you're going to get married, get first married and get out of that fast. Second marriage is where it's. Second marriage is awesome. I got second married. Now, are you guys first married, guys? First married. First married. First married. Oh, geez, yeah. you guys got to get out of that. Yeah. You got to get out of that. I'm working on it. Jim, I'm looking at you. You're a good guy. Good looking guy. You could do much better. I mean, just get out of that. Second marriage is where it's at. Second marriage for a guy is like being a used Honda. It is awesome. No one cares what condition you're in. As long as you turn over and start in the morning it doesn't yeah. matter it's great awesome i got married i looked like this that's i did when i say like this i might have been wearing this t-shirt i don't know i was drunk I, yeah. it's awesome it's that kind of good they accept you for what you are exactly i think because you've been down that road they kind of go you know what I, I know what i can live with what i can't live with and uh it's not without its uh trials and tribulations but a lot of that is well, when you're doing comedy full-time that is not a fortune 500 job and so that can lead to some stress but yeah. as far as just meeting the right person and a good person i was really lucky children Yes. Um, two from before. I have two kids from before my second marriage, and I they pay child the support one. for them for the first one. Yeah, we got some math. SAT yeah, yeah. questions here. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I have uh, two first first kids, and they're awesome kids. I pay child support for them, which is like the original pay per view. Oh. And I do. It's, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. I don't like paying it, but I pay it because I, I hate paying child support. But I hate stereotypes even worse. So yeah. Make yeah. sure that gets paid. Okay. And I have a baby now. We had a baby. Really? Uh, yeah, he's six months old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Congratulations. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's what you, you want to do. You are starting your life over yeah, again. No, I was yeah. going to say, that's awesome. Play the chimes for that. Having a kid at 41. It's great. <laughs> wow. And she's but, younger, obviously? Um, not by much. By a few. I won't, I won't, uh, I won't make her blush yeah. by spoiling. But a few, a couple of years. But, no, we're both, you know, All right, you're both adults. Uh, uh, but, no, the baby, he's great. He's a great kid. He lays around and poops and 
Lake laughs and he's we basically if he if that baby a lot like smoked weed he would basically he would lead the same lifestyle. Right. Fisher Price made a vaporizer. He would we could hang out a lot more than we do. Jonathan <laughs> lays around and poops too. There we go. That's how I roll. Jeez. So the first marriage, let me guess, uh, all, all was cheating on the wife with the comedy groupies. Was that? I uh, was I was not doing comedy. Oh, um, okay. I, I appreciate your character assassination, right. Dave. I'm just. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you don't get a lot of youth development groupies. But, oh, all right. Um, no, it, it, well, it's be uh, twenty. So. What? That would get you 20 years. Yeah, well, no, I was kind of trying to dance around it, Barry, but thanks for being so on the nose there. <laughs> yeah, <you> go. Jeez. <laughs> In case you didn't know at home, you there can't do that with kids. <laughs> we inform. We inform. We educate. That's what we um, no, I, I uh, you know, comedy, you get, you get your fair share of people who, comedy, uh, to me, if I could play music, I would. And I always say, what do you call a comic with self-confidence? Musician. Because yeah, uh, comics don't. <laughs> but um, no, you get, it's a, it's a very, uh, can be very emasculating thing. Because a woman, what do they always say? I want a sense of humor. And you bring your, your man to a show, and there's Jay Grove. They're doing his thing. You kind of go, Ooh, maybe I've chosen wrong. So you get some attention, but I'm very lucky. And it doesn't, uh, I don't cheat. I don't cheat on my wife. Do you guys, either of you guys? Yeah, we cheat big time. Big time. <laughs> you guys joke when I ask Both that. Both of our wives are you always, listening. You always miss that one person who's like, I did, and they catch themselves like, oh, geez. No, no absolutely not. Uh, I don't either. I don't, I'm a big believer in that. I know why. I understand why guys do. I do not do that, and I can, but I'll explain. For like, like lady, you know, let me ask you, have you gentlemen, have you guys been to Disney? Sure. Yeah. All right, yeah. and Disney, they call Disney happiest place on earth. The happiest Happy place, place on earth, right? Yeah. But you guys as married men know that the women truly own the happiest place on earth, if you know what I'm talking about, right? Their very own magic kingdom, if you will. And, like, you're a younger guy, so you, like, now nowadays Disney's, like, smooth and shiny like Epcot. And that's awesome for you. you know, me and Dave were older guy. Like, you remember back, it was more of a Bush Gardens situation, if you know what I'm talking about. You know? And we want to go. We want to go all the time. We want to go to Disney all the time, right? But the women have all the power. They get to take the tools and make sure Disney still works. And they get to decide who's tall enough, if you know what I'm talking about, Barry. To go on the rides and stuff. He doesn't. He doesn't, no. I'm Irish. I totally no. know what you're talking about. Barry, Barry stays home and goes to what we call Candy Lake Park. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, we go. <laughs> uh, but it, you, you want to you be a good guy. You want to be a good dude. You want to be a, a good husband, you know. But sometimes it's tough. You're down there. You're down at, down at two guys having a drink at last call. It's you know, quarter of seven or whatever it is. And you look down at the end of the bar and you realize uh, Six Flags is open. And uh, you don't want to do it. You want to be a good guy. <laughs> you want to try to be a good guy. But every now and then you end up going to Six Flags, and it is awesome. <laughs> they let you go on the rides all you want. You can, there's no lines. There's fried dough. You can, that's not even a, a sex thing. I just love fried dough. Yeah. Um, you got to be thinking of it with jam on it. That would be great. Uh, yeah. You know? You want uh, to be there was in, fried dough and jam on the ride, I would pass. That would, yeah. Well, maybe that's why you're not married. you got to find that right woman who's into that kind of, you know. We call, it, we call that the Land of Lakes. That's when you go to Canopy Lake Park using a handful of butter. That's Indian sunburn. Jeez. I'll go to Six Flags after the show. Nice. Very good. Make sure it's not spooky world. That's how you, that's how you end up at the clinic. Uh, with, no, I'm a, you know, I'm a good, try and be a good husband. I'm, a, I'm at least a faithful husband, if, if not a good one, uh, you know, in, in execution. So is, uh, is your only job comedian or do you have a day job? Uh, I, do, I do this full-time now. I, he actually uh, quit his day job. I did. Uh, when they tell you don't quit, I said, I'm going to anyways. Give, um, it, give it at all. And I did, you know, I, where I started late, I love doing this. I'd like to be successful at it. I'd like to see it be a profitable thing where I can do it until it's time to stop working and have something set aside. And so in order to do that, it was tough to work 40 hours a week and then say, now I'm going to give this 100% uh. because, you know, you're a husband, you're a dad, you, you want to be your own person at the same time, plus you're a comic, plus you're a workman. So um, it was, I was very lucky. I, I actually quit my day job about two months after I got married. 
and, and went into it full well knowing, you know, that that's what I was going to do. But um, I was very lucky to have someone who was supportive of that. Absolutely. And kind of went, geez, you know, uh, it makes for some tough times. And, and now that two years in, we kind of are starting to see light at the end of the tunnel and, and, and kind of communicating, hey, this is what I'm able to do. And, and it also requires me to kind of be a little selfless and go, okay, I love doing this, but, but I need to also make sure I'm providing. And with a baby, obviously you can't. Well, uh, talk about getting all in. So, uh, okay, I'm going to become a comedian. Let me get married now. Uh, okay. That's all set. Okay. Now I'm going to quit my job, yep. have a baby. <laughs> How's this working out? It's like, Oh my God, everything's it's, on the line. now. It is, but you know what, to some degree, and it may, that's what makes it tough sometimes when you, when you, it's sporadic with pay and, you know, with, I mean, you run in the things that affect my income are things like snow days and Bruins playoff games and things like that, where you get shows canceled. It's like taking an unpaid day off, but, um, it, it also makes you kind of lay it on the line and go, you know, I need to dig a little deeper, work a little harder, find a way to make sure I'm going to be okay. And that my family's going to be okay. And that's kind of the, that's where I am at in the process right now. You're the kind of poker player that doesn't even look at the cards. You just say, I'm all in. <laughs> I like to I'm think that in. it's, I mean, I'm all in, in, in theory. I like to think that I try and be smart because I realize I'm a couple major setbacks from having to stop doing it. I mean, at the end of the day, I've got to make sure I can provide yeah. as a husband and a dad. And, you know, my wife's been very patient about kind of allowing me to get to that point. But I always realize, you know, I'm, I'm a couple bad moves away from having to hang it up. And that'll make sure that you uh, tread, tread uh, wisely and try and make good business decisions and, and work your butt off. It sounds like you have the kind of wife that is behind you pushing as opposed to some of our wives end up, uh, you got to drag them along. I, you know, I think it's been, uh, it's been an adjustment for her. When she met me, I think from the outside looking in, it seems very glamorous. You get to kind of go and do cool stuff like this and get to go to the shows. And the, you start to kind of see that it's a lot of repetition, a lot of late nights out, and the, yeah. and the glamour kind of wears off it. And there was that period where it was kind of like comedy was not the popular thing to talk about in the house. But I think as she sees that I, I do have a plan and I, I'm trying to really do something, she's been super supportive of it. I couldn't have asked for a, a better person to kind of be in that uh, that journey with so it's great beautiful beautiful favorite cigars uh i'm a big rocky fan i liked uh, the burns i i like the freedoms i like the 1990s um i recently have been on a little bit of an ashton kick i like those they have a nice toastiness that i really enjoy um i tend to like things that are nicaraguan dominican i like it a little spicy but still mild uh, i don't go su- I, when i first started smoking i'd go super Heavy, 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 just because yeah. I thought that was like the way to... I feel like we all go through that phase. Right, and I kind of wanted to be like, I'm the guy that smokes the biggest, fattest cigar. And I spent a lot of time like holding my stomach. Like, that was a bad idea. So as I've gotten to know more, and as I've smoked more, I realize I can't, you know, it's like trying to max every day in the weight room. You can't do that. you got to kind of pace yourself to get enjoyment out of it. I smoke because I enjoy it. I don't want to ever have it feel like a task or a job. There we go. We're smoking the Cubanicon, Connecticut. This is the Robusto? This is the Robusto. Robusto, yep. Robusto. Nice cigar. Uh, price, uh, we're talking under $6 cigar. Uh, up, it's in my wheelhouse. It's where it belongs. Uh, I like this kind of cigar. We're going to take a break right now when we come back. Uh, how to prepare for a trip for Cuba. I've never been on a trip to Cuba before. I'm preparing now. I'm going to tell you how I am, what I'm reading, uh, and what's going on. I'm leaving on this Saturday, and the flight is out on Sunday morning out of Miami. I'll tell you all about it when we come back. We have cigar news from Bad News Barry, news from the asylum, Old Fod Freddy, and lots more from comedian Jay Grove, who's with us. We are live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Hey, if you happen to be smoking one of these Cubanacan Connecticut Robustos, listening to your favorite comedian, it could be very easy to put the wrong end of the cigar in your mouth so you keep the lid end out, you put the right end in, 
We'll be back with our number two in just a few minutes right here on the United Cigar Radio Network. I feel like we were doing the hokey pokey. There we go. You know, some football players today remind me of Cuban cigars. They're weaker, they talk too much, and they don't pack the same punch they used to. Take it from Mike Ditka, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold, and check out the new Camacho Corojo line of smokes. Built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor comes two that go head-to-head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action. Adventure. And bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar and Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, the collection is available in three distinct wrappers aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? What if La Gloria Cubana stopped at the legendary Siri R? One thing's for sure, they wouldn't have created Siri R Esteli. Discovered on a Nicaraguan mountainside high above the Jalapa Valley floor, this extremely flavorful Nicaraguan puro combines a Jalapa Soul wrapper with a bold combination of Visos and Lajeros. It's a medium to full-bodied cigar that's worthy of your discovery. Learn more at LaGloriaCubana.com slash what if and find yours now at fine tobacconists everywhere. This is Jonathan Carney with the Florida Vancana. I'm J.R. Dominguez. This is John Hart. This is Victor Vitale. Hi, this is Pete Johnson. Steve Saka. Hi, this is Phil Zangi. This is a little bit of shake. Is the Cigar Authority. Man, face. The authority on everything cigar. Shake it back. And out of the cigar industry. Do it. With your hosts. That's a lovely accent you have. David Garofalo. New Jersey. Austria. Austria. <laughs> well, then, good day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Mr. Jonathan. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, hey Zeus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Barry Stein. That's what I love about these high school girls. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> and Chuck Morrison. Is this your place? No, 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 no. 
No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! We get some meatloaf! It's time to light them up. There's no smoking in here. It's time. Oh, it's all right, darling. I'm a volunteer fireman. For the Cigar Authority. Hey, shake your bank, gal! Woo! Shake your bank! And we are back with our number two live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. This is the La Flor Dominicana studio. And then this hour, I'll tell you what you need to prepare for a trip to Cuba. I'm doing it today. I'm getting ready for it. What stuff should cost and what may be different and what to expect when I get there. Is the dollar strong in Cuba? We're going to see. I was surprised to hear that it's actually not. We'll get to that more. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. You are listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location this week, high atop the worldwide headquarters of Two Guys Smoke Shop here in Tax-Free, Salem, New Hampshire. We are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist We demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com, where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes or YouTube, where you can set it and forget it on both. And apparently, The Cigar Authority is now available on SoundCloud. It's a Swedish online audio distribution platform based in Berlin, Germany, because, of course, we are way better if you don't understand the language. Absolutely. We're big across the country. It's a, it's amazing that across, across the, the world. world. Yeah, of some of the countries that listen to us, but obviously English-speaking people that are listening, I imagine, or, or for whatever reason. Well, you don't listen. just listen to Swedish <clears throat> podcasts in Swedish, whatever they speak in. I've seen some Swedish movies before. Dave, you know what I realized? What? <laughs> so being an NFL fan, yeah. um, there were three players, one of which is Marshawn Lynch. He plays for the Seattle Seahawks, which means nothing to you, but he refuses to speak to the media. Well, recently he came out and spoke on a Turkish uh, sports television program. And what was remarkable is it's like a newscast and there's their, you know, telecast or whatever, speaking in native Turkish. And then it comes to talk to the athletes from the States and boom, he puts on the English accent speaking perfect English. And I just realized that overseas, everybody speaks English. They spoke multiple languages. Yes, Here right. in the States, we barely, barely speak, speak one, English. Right? Barely speak English. <clears throat> yep. Dumb it down, as uh, Jay Grove is saying. That's what you got to do to write, and that's what you got to do uh, for everything, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to pass out the next cigar over here, and this is really Geeksville over uh, on this cigar. This is Cro Magnon, small cigar, small, small brand. Uh, this is Jay Grove, something you probably never heard of. I haven't, no. Yep. So, uh, what do we know about this, Barry? Well, this is the Cro Magnon. The size is called the Knuckle Dragger, and it's a full body blend from Roma Craft Tobacco with a U.S. Connecticut broadleaf wrapper over a Cameroon binder and three different types of Nicaraguan filler. The first two are from Esteli and Candega, and the third is from a small unnamed farm on the Nicaraguan-Honduras border. This cigar is as full-bodied as it gets. Okay, great. And and we all have decided that we don't like full-bodied, except for you, Barry. (laughs) Yes. um, But we didn't know for Jay. We want to give something good for our guest that's here, but... Part of the Cigar Authority is to actually smoke things that we may not like because it may turn into something we do like. Sometimes we're pleasantly surprised about that. So given this a uh, definitely a different aroma this has than um, the previous cigar. There's a hint of apple cider vinegar. Yes. Specifically Bragg's apple cider vinegar. <laughs> definitely exactly. some apple cider going on. Particularly Bragg's. A little apricot, too. You are out of your mind. I'm I do appreciate. I do appreciate that you gave me the the apple cider vinegar because it's obviously there. But by the way, the owner of this brand is uh, two guys. Um, 
Skip Martin and Mike Rosales, the RO and the MA from the oh, last day make up Roma Craft. I didn't know that. And Skip Martin will be in Cuba with you while you're on your trip. You are kidding me. Nope, he will be there. Wow. I'm telling you right now, if you come back and you buy another brand while you're in a country <laughs> with cigars that we can't even so buy, going I will with, strangle I'm you. I'm going with a brand owner? You've got to be kidding me. They're going to be pitching me the whole time. <laughs> oh, You're leaving the black card here. I know, I know Skip really well, and he will compare everything to the way he does things, and it will become all about him and not Cuba. Me and Mr. Jonathan interviewed Skip Martin. It's probably his first interview he ever had. Would you say that that is correct? Even even that the brand wasn't even out, right? But he had unbanded cigars. You got to smoke this, and he believed it was the best cigar in the world. Well, I'll tell you something: it got some legs, and the cigars getting a yeah. lot of attention. Um, and it was this particular thing, I believe, it was yeah. the knuckle drag. Right? Yeah, originally the cigar had no band, and then due to uh, demand, they actually banded them. It's a simple. Uh, dark green, maybe black. I don't know. I'm called. Well, let's let's face it. If you're a cigar smoker, you tend to associate yourself with the cigars that you're smoking. So you you know, as it, you're not going to want to smoke a blank and have everyone try to guess what it is. So you you know, you're a Davidoff smoker. You smoke Davidoff. You leave the band on so everyone knows. Yep. So, so his name his name is Skip Martin. Again, how does Roma Craft fall into this? Well, Skip Martin, Martin M A, and his partner Mike Rosales R O. So it's the R.O. from Rosales and the M.A. from Martin, Roma, Kraft, Tobacco. Hmm. And, and this other guy, Rosemi or whatever it is. Mike Rosales. Rosales. I never heard of him. He has a factory in Nicaragua <clears throat> and his own brand uh, prior to Skip Martin joining forces with him. Skip Martin uh, used to work in the Navy. He was, uh, I believe he was in a submarine. Um, he also worked for Dell. And upon retirement, he partnered up with Mike Rosales to open up Roma Kraft. Uh, they basically put Mike's brands to bed, and they started focusing on these. Well, it's, it's catch it on, and we've taken it on after all this time anyway. And so uh, I just – I thought I was going with some consumers or something like that. I'm going <laughs> with, with somebody that's going to pitch me. It's going to be a long week. Anyway, it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other cigar brands were raising prices, it was Perdomo that – Cut out the federal S-chip tax. Don't be snapping your fingers over there. And actually lower them. Pernomo cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn this, them pitching me, into the, me saying, we smoked that on the show this week, and why don't you have an advertisement on the show? And it ain't going to stop. So in case you're listening, Skip Martin, and we're going to be together, uh, I'm not going to draw first blood. When you pitch me, it's not going to stop. I'm going to put this on high test. I'm going to put it on really strong. So, I know Skip does listen. I know he wants to be a guest one day. So Yes. And um, listen, he wants to be a guest, and he wants us to carry the cigars. We've carried the cigars. Now he has to do something. Yep. And then he becomes a guest, and then we have to do something. This is the scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Rule of reciprocity. Rule of reciprocity, even better. Speaking of reciprocity. As a matter of fact, when we had Colin on from uh, Twin Engine Coffee. Yes. um, It was in Colin's backyard, and Skip was there with him just off camera. Ah. And that's where the whole thing So this is where this is going. This is a conspiracy. Ah. There's a conspiracy, (laughs) and you thought the first one was the killing of uh, of Kennedy with the Bay of Pigs and all the stuff that was going on. And the second one is Dave going to Cuba. 
This is the second Cuban conspiracy? I think there may have been one or two conspiracies between... Was there? Kennedy and you. All right. Now, if you were to go to the nude beach, that could be another Cuban missile crisis. Oh, my if God. You know, I'll say. I'm talking about, John. Oh, I do. There'll be, I do. There'll be some whale It would be more of a 9 millimeter bullet, I, as I understand. Now, what I did there is I wrote in Jonathan's voice so he could succeed. <laughs> there we go. We've all learned something. <laughs> so so while, while we're going that route, I'm thinking a good name for a, for a hooker house. I don't know if we could say the real name for it. Could be the Bay of Pigs. That would be disgusting. Do you have that, that crickets one again? <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> been a lot right. of prostitution talk so far. There has. That's the show, my Now, man. A, lighter, <laughs> a lighter that is no whore is the slider from Vertigo. This lighter features triple jets. It is a single action, meaning you press down the button, boom, the lid pops open. you got three beautiful jets that are angled slightly so you get a nice point. It also features an onboard bullet cutter and the Vertigo patented big-ass tank. Well, you guys were already firing up. I tasted a little pre-taste after I cut it, I tasted it. Very, very sweet, raisiny sweet. Very enjoyable. Uh, I wanted to do that because I'm being warned already that it's going to be very full-bodied, and that's not up my, my alley. You definitely don't want to go through the nose with this one. Yeah. <clears throat> it's aggressive. Yeah, right in the middle of the tongue. And right down the throat. <clears> throat> okay. The- What's the retail on this? This one retails for six seventy nine, and then the cranium, which is a little bit more like a Toro, is eight seventy nine. But this is like a short robusto. Wow, it does have a very raisin currenty kind of. I'm thinking it's with this. I think of uh, wines that it would pair well. There's some really nice dark reds that have that kind oh, of yeah. currant that would that pair real nicely with this. I'm getting a little bit of peppercorn. Yeah, it's peppery. It's peppery. Strong. Yeah. Little filet mignon with. Crusted peppercorns. If you if you were to, I'm, my favorite drink is gin and tonic. If you use Hendrix gin, a little crushed pepper in the gin, and a little sprag of cucumber. So that's my one of my favorite really? drinks, especially oh. in the summertime. Now, if you were to take a uh, a nice dark merlot, like say the smoking loon that's on the table there, and you were to dice up a little crushed black pepper in that, I think you hit it, hit the nail no on the kidding. head. I've never heard of doing that. That sounds really cool. I gotta learn to get out of the way of that. I'm so sorry, Jonathan. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Everybody walks all over me through the whole show. Well, like, you make good points. And my first reaction is to be like, "That's a great point," but I realize there's a sound that will do that for me. But sometimes it doesn't even happen, and he's he just being very, very generous with the sounds today. I don't know what's with that. So, uh, preparing for Cuba, they sent me a little packing list. Basically, uh, I'll be gone uh, in Cuba from March 8th to March 13th. Um, I didn't know anybody that was going with me, but apparently I do now. Uh, you have friends in low places. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't even say me and Skip are friends. We, we've met. I don't know if he even remembers meeting us high atop um, one of the, the hotels uh, there in yeah, like, Vegas. The, uh, there was like that Drew Estate party. It was something. a Drew Estate yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for bloggers, and, and we were considered a blogger at the time. Uh, we hadn't written anything, but no. we were considered <laughs> bloggers. Well. We were asked to be there, so we were there. And uh, you, br- you brought a little recorder with you, yep. and we were recording with somebody. And I think Skip came to us and said, why don't you record me? And I'm like, who are you? And he said he was Skip Martin, and he has the cigar. And um, he gave us the cigar to smoke and uh, told us about it. You do have to appreciate the chutzpah of somebody jumping into an interview and saying, all right, I want in. 
No, listen, I it, love it. It got success, and yeah. uh, here it is uh, years down the road. Uh, Obviously, his success is not because he sat back on his laurels. That's right. He jumped in like Jay does. That's what you got to do to get it. Axe to the grindstone. Mm-hmm. So they're telling me to uh, bring shoes, uh, which is a good <laughs> no thing. No kidding. Because apparently they, they, first off, don't have a lot of shoes down there, but they're certainly not going to have my shoe because I'm an... Do you travel without shoes often? No, I don't anyway. But, okay. But I'm Does anybody, Jay, do you travel without your shoes? I don't. Okay. I have a very, <laughs> I have a fear of getting to Cuba, and I will be the fattest person in that country when I get there. I actually have that feeling that that's going to happen. I'm going to be the whitest, fattest <laughs> guy in that country, and I am not going to blend at all when I get there. That's my you, fear. You absolutely will not blend in. That's, that's a given. But that's all you're going to say right there. Oh, nobody stumbled. No, Dave. I'm, I'm looking for a little. I was, no. I was no, you look like you lost about seven I was kind of surprised no one jumped in to kind of go, that's not true. Yeah, kind of, that's sure. a yeah. legitimate my, fear, Dave. My buddy. <laughs> no, because. Buy that second seat now. <laughs> there we go. They're, they're, they're very uh, little people. <laughs> so, they're, they're little people, the, the Cubans. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're slight. Al- almost malnutrition. They're. they're you know, they're whatever. That's what they are. Uh, sunglasses, clothes, mostly casual. Polo, short sleeves, uh, jeans and shorts are okay, but not when we're going on a, in the factory because they're asking me to make sure I wear pants, be, uh, uh, a sign of respect to the people in the factory. Nice. It's a sign of I've respect. I've been told that before. Really? Yeah. Um, but I didn't have shorts. I just had nothing. Yeah, well, that, there is that. <laughs> Did uh, you get fired from... Uh... I, I'm not allowed at Barry's house anymore. <laughs> really? <laughs> NFL Sunday took a weird turn. Currency. Current rate uh, is a dollar equals 86 CUCs, which is the Cuban pesos. I looked everywhere to find what CUC means, and it stands for Cuban pesos. I would call it the CP, but CUC, I don't know why, but it's 86, 0.86 to 1. So actually, a dollar is weaker. A dollar is weaker there. So uh, knowing that, wow. what, what does that mean? Do, do, I, do things cost less money? So let's take, for instance, the mojito or the uh, Cuba Libra cocktail. Between Neither of which you're going to have while you're down there. I'm going to have both because it, this is what they drink. So I have to have both. Maybe once, but I'm not a big drinker, but I'm going to try both. A little Havana Club and Coke. Really? Sign me up. Four to eight dollar CUCs. So it's going to be five to ten dollars, right? Yeah. Uh, is that normally what drinks are? Five to ten dollars? It's high. It's a New York price right there. There we go. So that's what that's going to be. Entrance to a jazz club. Not probably where I would be thinking I was going, but apparently it's here. Cuban so, jazz is awesome, by the way. Really? I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. So how much to go to a Cuban jazz cover charge just to walk through the door? Ten bucks. Mm. Fifteen CUCs, which is $20, right? That's a big cover charge. So I'm saying this stuff, so if anyone's thinking about end up going, it's going to end up being probably more than you think it's going to cost. So cigars, let's look at at the classic Monte Cristo number two. That is going to be $32. Eight CUCs, which equal about $10, a little more than 10 bucks. Okay. So actually not bad. I thought that it was going to actually be higher. Yeah. When it comes to cigars, uh, Ramon Alone Special Select, six CUCs. Oh, wow. The Cohiba Bihike 56, which I will be partaking in when I get there. How much for that? I'm going back to my $32. Yeah, 30, a, 35 CUC. All right, all right. I'll go under 15. 
28 CUCs, which is going to be 35 bucks. You got to do it, Sean. Oh, guaranteed. The first cigar I smoke when I get off the plane, if they're all available to me or whatever it sure. is. Um, so they're saying um, if you think you're going to have a drink or two or whatever, you should bring about $500 with you. Remember, there's no bank cards or U.S. banks there. Nothing's going to work. Wow. So you bring cash with what you want. Really? You bring U.S. currency? Or you bring Cuban currency. I don't know. I don't know. Call in. Didn't they recently approve the use of American credit cards? I thought cards? so, yeah. yes. No, with American dollars. Oh, okay. American dollars. Really? Okay. Many people bring two to $3,000 for a week in Havana if you expect to drink the best rums and smoke the best cigars, Jeez. which I will. So we're looking at two to 3000 so I'm going to go with the 3000 You are out of your mind traveling with that kind of money. Large and in charge. No way. Now, do you Would you rather be there and need money? Totally. What are you going to so, do to so there? So you get robbed on the no. first day, and then it's over. They didn't mention I couldn't bring a gun. <laughs> Can you bring a gun? No, because no. you can't fly with firearms. No, as a cigar guy, when you go I to a place take, like Cuba, I can take you, three or four Cubans at the same time. Would you, do you down there. expect to kind of be like red flagged? The point is, I think I'm going to get off the plane, and all eyes are going to be looking at me because I don't blend in there. You go on this guy. No, it's going to be a, <laughs> I'm a big, fat, white guy. But I meant more like as far as customs when they know. Because yeah. I'm assuming you have to declare, hey, this is kind of what I'm doing there. Would they red flag you and go, this is a potential? Not you personally, but, hey, this guy being in the cigar industry, the, the allure of Cuban cigar. This is a guy we want to go through the luggage pretty thoroughly. That I'm bringing them in? No, that well, you would try and get them back out. They allow $100 worth of uh, Cuban cigars coming back. Is that recent? Yes. yes. Oh, that's the new one. Okay. Yeah, I can bring $100 oh, wow. that's back. Awesome. Which actually would not be a ton, I guess, if you no. were. Not if, not if they're going to be good ones at $33 a piece. So yeah. I'm going to bring three, and we'll smoke them on the show next week. This is, prob <laughs> this is probably the only time I can get away with saying it, but knowing what your bankroll is going to be, you're going to be the whale. Yes, I will be the whale. He was going to be the whale anyway. I, I understood that to be true. I'll bring that down myself. I, I do. I feel like I'm going to be so fat when I get there. You know? You, you time. What do you mean you when you a, get there? Yeah, you could go on a crash right. diet. No, but I'll be fatter there than, than if, if I chose to go to Samoa. I'd be okay. It's not going to be so bad. You'd be bad. the small guy in yeah. Samoa. Which is where I should travel to. But do they take credit cards there? I don't think so. He's not. I'm not letting him leave. It doesn't the country say. with his black card. Anyways, I'm keeping it. No, I'm bringing buying it. cigars. I'm bringing it. Uh, Cuba will charge 25 CUCs just to leave. You have to pay to leave. Pay to leave. Wow. In other countries, it's pay to get in. Yeah, this is pay to leave. So make sure don't you don't robbed, spend baby. all your money. Yeah. So uh, you got to put a couple in your shoe, and you know. Hide a few 20s here and there or something. Just, and and I know the rules. We don't negotiate with terrorists. If you get taken down there, it's, the rule. it's over. So this one was uh, this, this uh, last bit of information I, I, I still don't even understand completely. Uh, you will not find the same medicines in bathroom products in Cuba that you have at home. So I don't take any medication, so I, I'm, I'm okay with them. Maybe I'll bring some aspirin just in case. But um, uh, it is important for you to bring whatever you want with you. There will be soap and shampoo in the room, but it is likely not to be what you are accustomed to. <laughs> what the, the hell is in the shampoo other than soap it, what, than you, what you're accustomed to? It reminds me a little bit of 
the uh, Johnny Knoxville bit. The guys in, in Jackass 2 played a little prank on Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, you they, can't say that. I'm not going to say the okay. whole thing. But they, they released the information at the premiere that he had this special face cream because he's got eczema or whatever on his face. So every single day, several times a day, he applies his face cream and they used some sort of <clears throat> horse fluid to fill the face cream and... He thought it was funny, but maybe that's what's going on in the show. I'm shampoo. bringing my own soap and shampoo. So yeah. supposedly the shampoo in Cuban is like a jelly. It's not a pure liquid like we're accustomed to. It's supposedly has a gel-like form to it. Yeah. Huh. You should try it. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually try to keep a little notebook or something of, of different things so I can share with you of what's there. Uh, Take lots of pictures, and we'll put it up on the website, Dave's Trip to Cuba. If yeah. you make it back. I'll make it back. Did you, quick question, did you plan this trip um, pre-embargo or? No, no, after it was over, the only way I was going to go was legitimate. This will be the first group of people that are going for cigars. Okay. We're not going to make believe like we're, we're giving to poor people, which we'll give to poor people. But we're not going for the art of it. We're not going, we're going for cigars. And that's why we're going. And it's the truth, and that's what it is. And they're going to stamp the passport, and everything's going to be legit. Good. And uh, if this ends up working, as I said to you before, wouldn't it be awesome to do the Cigar Authority live from Havana, Cuba? First time ever that would happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You have It'd to, be the uh, first radio show ever. You'll have to do a little recon on the Internet connections down there. Well, the problem is that it's less than 1% of um, the people have Internet. Um, less than 1% have air conditioning. Uh, this is a rough thing, man. This is not going to be uh, super high end, from what I understand. Really, gonna... well, realistically, what we would have to do is bring a camera that has <clears throat> more than two hours worth of video on it, and video the show as though it were on the internet, and then dump that file onto YouTube. Yeah. Is the only way we could pull that off. Yeah, you're not going to go through the internet or anything like that. So anyway, we're going to see how it goes. Try it out. I'm going to bring back everything I possibly can, and I, I, knowing that. On the cigar end, it's going to be little. On the alcohol, it's going to be very little. But those are the only two things that they actually limit you from buying. Anything else, I can buy all the the um, shampoo that I want to buy, apparently, <laughs> which will be none. But um, of what I'm, what I would want to bring back, it's only a hundred dollars worth, so it's next to nothing. Yeah. You know, should I bring back? 10 mediocre cigars or 20 crappy cigars or should I bring back three awesome cigars? What you should do is what Nelson recommended, which is not buy your cigars from the factory. You find the little guy in well, the alley. Well, the little guy from the alley better give me a receipt because that's going to be the problem, right? I that I have to prove I paid $100 for them. Right. If we are smoking them on the show next week, like you say, yep. I will put in a request for a Lancero because I've never had a Cuban Lancero. Wow, you're just throwing it right out there. You I'm want throw, a cigar that I'm, won't draw, huh? I'm throwing it right out there. It's a cigar that's on my bucket list. Um, I just never had a Cuban Lancero. And Cubans are known for having tight draws, yep. so you realize that. Yes. If I bring it back and it has a tight draw, sorry, there's I, nothing I can do. I right? will, you could do the debonair thing and I, cut it and take a drawer on it and see if it works. I'm doing that. <laughs> it would be like kissing by proxy. There we go. So I don't want to do that. but um, like Barry kissing you, not you kissing Barry. Yeah? Okay. Is there anything you want me to uh, bring back, you guys, that uh, besides the cigar thing that I can't do? I heard Coca-Colas are different down there. I, I think it's know. the same as Mexican Coke. Is it the yeah. same? Yeah. Much real more sugar. sugar. Yep. You, know, you don't want me to bring back Coca-Cola, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, God, really? <laughs> I predict it explodes in his bag. Don't do that. Then. Havana Club? Oh, yeah, yeah, again, that's part of the $100, though. Mm-hmm. What, what's a bottle of that cost? Uh, roughly, I think, 17 U.S. Oof. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So you want a Cuban Lancero and a bottle of Havana? I'm going he just took up <laughs> half the budget. <laughs> Look, I'm, a biggest can't be choosers. I would be honored if you just brought back something. I'm not expecting it, even though tomorrow is my birthday and it would be a great belated birthday gift. But, you know, I'm just happy having a job, and we'll leave it at that. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Guilt trip. <laughs> yeah, we are. Now he tells me it's his birthday, and oh, my God. Is that a violin sound? <laughs> Sorry, like, I, I just channeled some of my mommy's inner Jew. Okay, it's time to take a peek into the asylum with some crazy news from the asylum. Here it is. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha! It's time for news from the Insane Asylum, odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars Take No Prisoners. Asylum cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied, Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 6x80 Asylum cigars. The meditator was discovered in a cave when a man tried to steal him to sell on the black market. The thief was arrested and the body is now being guarded at the National Center of Forensic Expertise. This mummified monk was recently discovered in Mongolia, wrapped in a traditional Buddhist robe, extremely well-preserved. The condition of this mummy is baffling researchers. Buddhist leaders say the monk is sitting in the lotus position and is in a deep meditative trance, not dead. In fact, the doctor to the Tibetan spiritual leader, the Dalai Lama, told Siberian Times that the monk was in a rare state of meditation called Lukdam. If the meditator can continue to stay in this meditative state, he can become a Buddha, says Dr. Barry Kurtzgen. Reports, uh, let's see, researches such as researching such a high spiritual level, the meditator will also help others, and all the people around will feel a deep sense of joy. I have only one question. How much happiness can a dude bring who hasn't showered in over 50 years? That's insane. That's asylum. They're coming to take me away. Ha-ha. I don't believe it. To take me away. <laughs> Google it. Google it. Uh, it's got to be true. Where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away. <laughs> We're smoking the Cro-Magnon. This is the knuckle grabber. It's a full-bodied cigar. I'm tolerating it. It's not. It really is not bad. I was expecting to be a lot stronger. Yeah, it's strong, but it's got some balance to it that it's not killing me. How about you, Jay? I'm taking it super slow just to not get overwhelmed by it, but I like it. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of flavor to it. Uh, definitely got a lot different going on. Than, yeah. I think the sweetness of the Cameroon Minder it really shines through the cigar to give it some uh, that complexity. You know, the, the, the strength in, from the uh, Connecticut Broadleaf with the sweetness from the Cameroon play well off of each other. Hmm. Yeah, and maybe I, it's got a little sweetness to it, yeah. yeah. I'm picking up a little bit of sweetness from the, the broadleaf as well. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's it's up there, and it's a little short one, and it's burning slow, uh, or I'm taking it slow like Jay is doing it. But uh, how about new cigars hitting the shelf, Barry? What do we got coming out? Well, each week we share the newer cigars to arrive at twoguyscigars.com and Two Guys Smoke Shop. And this week, 
the addition is actually a size extension to a pre-existing line. Um, the Cro-Magnon Cranium has landed at Two Guys Smoke Shop to complement the Knuckle Dragon, which we are smoking. Uh, it's a full-body smoke from Romacraft Tobacco, and it's available at all Two Guys locations. Now, this is a small company that doesn't make uh, high volumes, right? I mean, this is a... That's correct. It takes them where companies tend to keep stock on hand. Um, with Romacraft, it takes 30 days for your order to be filled. So they basically roll them on orders. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. So if you, you know, you order on March 1st, you'll probably get it somewhere around the first week of April. So if you sat on this cigar, say for six months, do you think it would calm down a little bit? Totally. Wow. Well, we get, we have to do it. What we got to do is over order, have it there so that we yeah. can. So these are kind of fresh cigars, fresh made, aged tobacco, but I'm fresh not made picking cigar. up a whole lot of ammonia though. So no, no. very, very well aged tobacco going into it. Wow. Okay. That it? That's it. That's it. So, uh, Mr. A little Jonathan. bit of a quiet time of year for new releases. Yes, it is. So, uh, let's look back into the mailbag, Mr. Oh, Jonathan. We, you know what? Congratulations, Skippy. Oh, go, oh sorry. My apology. We also have some trademarks. We're throwing the trademarks in now with the new releases. Okay. Um, so, there were three trademarks this week that were registered. Uh, Fairmont Holdings, the parent company of Alec Bradley, has filed for Super Freak. Nice. Uh, K Rick James <laughs> Special. Yep. K Hensocean Company, the parent company of Gurker, has filed for Black Ops. And Swisher International, the parent company of Drew Estate, filed for a pom-pom. Pom-pom Extra was a cigar brand. There's going to be a problem with that. That's an old, old brand. Pom-pom Extra. I carried it when what? I opened the store really? in 85. Pom-pom Extras. Did it sell well? No, we don't carry it anymore. And who know, who know. Why as a buyer? I mean, I, I understand in 1985 you were green. But even as green as you were, why would you be attracted to a cigar called pom-pom anything they were little cigars they were priced right or whatever uh good margins yeah, yeah. Well, i don't know <clears throat> if i knew what a margin was at that time but um it was a big company that owned them i believe it was bearing maybe that owned pom-poms it's an old big brand it's a big big old brand that's never going to go there black ops was a cigar brand also there's going to be a problem with that really yeah and what was the third one the third Super one Freak. was Super Freak. Yeah, Rick James died. Yeah, I think yeah. you might be okay on that yeah. one. <laughs> Unless some of his family or something, isn't his brother still around? He is, like yeah. That? So, You're a man's man, Jay. Would you uh, smoke a cigar called Pom Pom Anything? Yeah, you know what? I think if it was the right smoke, sure. Why not? You never know. I'd smoke the Super Freak. <laughs> I think with that one, I you, bet you, you would. just have to put it out on somebody when you're done. And, and who put, who's doing Super <laughs> Freak? Alec Bradley, you said? Alec Bradley. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to imagine that's going to be big, giant, six, seven by 70 right. type of thing, right? Yeah. A little shaggy it'll foot. Be, it'll, be a seven by, it'll be like a <laughs> nine by 90 candela. That's yeah. my prediction. <clears throat> that that right. dreads line was good, but I caught that. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, Does anybody here, any, anybody here have anything? Could anybody do it? Be a comedian? Could, could, oh, you're asking me, can anybody here be a comedian? Yeah, tell the truth. Hey, it, it's work. It's like anything. I think that there's a natural uh, propensity for it. But, then, but, but you, you, you know, can't you just see a person and say, no, he's never I feel like it. you're fishing for a compliment, Dave. I no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm fishing for a guy like me. No, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, honestly, I think anybody could. And I, I don't yeah? mean that I, I think, yeah. I, I, mean, I disagree. I, I think that you either have it or you don't have well, it. I, I, nobody, I, you know what? I'll say it like this. I mean, I, I, I know you said you're not much of a drinker, but there's, uh, you know, there's, there's Cuervo, 
and then there's some there's some decent tequila. I think anybody could could get by and do it and be serviceable. I think that if you have something in you that that makes you you know, a little bit better than the best. Sure, that's something that maybe is kind of in your upbringing or in your DNA. But as far as just being able to get up there and, and be serviceable and get by, sure. I mean, now the thing you, that the thing know. that I think would make David successful at it. No, is, I could never do it. Well, listen, I th- here's you don't mind talking in front of an audience. That's everyone's biggest thing. Yeah. But the thing that Jay and I were talking about off the air is the amount of rejection that your jokes receive. Mm. You may go into a club. You said you could have ten new jokes, and only one of them gets kind of a eh. And I think like, the ratio is one out of every 10 that you write is going to be something you can work with. And that means, you know, going in, that's kind of what we're discussing. You know, going into an open mic or a place where you're testing material, you're going to tell nine jokes people don't like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the thing from there is going, what, what was wrong with it? Is it just bad? Does it just not work? Or is it wording? Or is it what I looked like when I told it? Or is it how I said it? If you change this word to this, or put your inflection here. So it's not always as simple as, well, that one's bad and that one's bad. Some of them, yeah, you tell them, you go, that's not going to work. But, yeah, that kind of work is yeah, what the, I think. the joke itself. But, you know, I know growing up that some kids that just had it, they yeah. were funny kids. You to know, begin I'll with. tell you, I think that's a slippery slope. It's a, it's a, it's a, a big temptation for a lot of people. You go, well, you, uh, you get that after show. Guys. You know, I've, I've always thought about doing it. I'm a funny guy. But when you're in a setting, it's easier to get those jump off points. I always tell somebody, if you think that this is for you, try sitting with a group of your friends and just you talk. For 15 minutes, for half an hour, for 40, they don't talk. You just talk. If you can make them laugh, you know, then there's something there because that's ultimately what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And what, a normal set for you? How long? Uh, it depends on it depends on the show. If you're opening a show, you're looking at 15. If you're middling, you know, featuring 30. Uh, 30 if you're headlining, minutes. you're talking about 45 to 60. Wow, um, an hour. Imagine yeah. an hour. Nope. Trying to make people laugh for an hour. And that's and that's where it gets. You know, I think that I think that's the danger in people who go. Well, I'm a funny guy. You know, I go to work. I got everybody cracking up at the parties. It's different when, A, they don't get any of your references, yeah, yeah. you know, and you're just having to be funny about things in general everyone can get, uh, and then be th- the time, yeah, to be up there, and, and you're carrying the weight. You're carrying the burden. You can't tap out. Oh, I'll have this guy come up and say a few things. So, yeah, but as far as just, like, naturally funny, yeah, you guys have a very easy flow, and you guys seem to get – some of the lines that Barry has said that haven't have kind of flown under the radar are very funny. So, yeah, there's a natural ability to kind of pick up on words and what's funny and – and how about a uh, comedian, let's take a Steve Sweeney, for instance, that has so much Boston type of comedy, and we get it, and we laugh so hard and stuff. Can mm-hmm. you pick that up, and you move that to Florida? And, it, and well, it no, that's, a, that's a tough example, because there's a guy who's one of the, one of the best, so yeah. he absolutely can. Yeah. You do see guys where, and it becomes easy. If I sat here and made some Methuen jokes or something, we would all kind of go, oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't go. And you see guys go other places and go, yeah. Well, and people go, I don't know where that is. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. One of the things I pride myself on is being kind of everybody's hometown comic. Wherever I go, I'm going to give you references you can get. I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to understand what's going on in that area. So I'm going to bring some of my own story, but in a very generic way, and then bring some specific stuff to your area. So that that can be a tricky thing as well, absolutely. I appreciate the compliment, but all my friends tell me I should carry a mirror so I won't be the only one laughing at my jokes. (laughs) But usually that means you're on to something. There's a lot of people that don't want to see people succeed. I I believe it. You hang in there. What you have to be is a gentleman about it, and some people just don't have it. Hate is hate, like they say. Well, it's time uh, right now for Gentleman Chuck Morrison to get debonair and tell us how to do it. Here he is, Gentleman Chuck Morrison. You need a gentleman? Gentleman. I'm a gentleman. You need a gentleman? (laughs) You wouldn't want to call me. 
gentlemen. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts, switch on your electronic devices, and pop up the valve. You need a gentleman? And this is The Gentleman's Way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with suspension of reality. Well done. Time spent smoking a Debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. Today, gentlemen, now we've talked about, uh, you know, different procedural uh, techniques, if you will, and engaging in conversation. Today, we're going to talk about the gentleman way, the debonair way to end a conversation when you just need to get away. So here we go. Number one is to have, Dave, I'm thinking of you and your trip, especially, you know, where you might be engaged in some conversations where there's a communications barrier, whatever may be going on where you just need to get away, right? Mm, yeah. So first step here is to have a clear purpose and or agenda in mind. Um, so let me give you some examples here. If you I have, have to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. Baño, baño. Baño, right. That's it. I have to meet with, um, um, I would say, you know, my, uh, my travel partner. Or, you know, some other obligation that is at, you know, a future date that maybe you're making up, maybe not, but you're doing it not to be rude. You're doing it to, again, escape the conversation. So having some other agenda in mind that you're pressed to go to. Make sense? Yeah, point at the watch that I don't have. <laughs> Let them know that I'm running out of time. Exactly. Um, another technique here is to wait for a lull in the conversation. Um, and there's your opportunity. Pow. So, listen, it's been great catching up, but, again, I have to run to do something else. So you look for those breaks in the conversation where there's that, you know, maybe uncomfortable moment of silence, as Mr. John would say, that, that pregnancy gap. Pregnant pause, yeah. Pregnant pause. And that's your opportunity. Gosh, I'd love to keep going, but I really have to rush and think of some other agenda that's on the top of your mind there. Um, bring the conversation around to the reason why you're connected in the first place. Did someone ask you to take care of a problem at work? Um, close things out with, you know, so hey, I appreciate you bringing this to my attention. I'll get right on it. Um, thanks again for, you know, bringing this up. So you're kind of re-engaging the connection to the conversation back to the focal point, and that's your escape route. Um, and lastly here is to use some exit lines. So, um, you know, if you're at a speaking engagement, Dave, I know we're talking about you not being uh, shy to speak in front of groups. Um, and let's say you're at a conference like that. You know, I have, okay, I have a question that I really wanted to ask X person, or I really wanted to get at with this, you know, network, or whatever the uh, occasion may have there. Um, I got to get back to work. I have a deadline I have to hit. So again, some other pressing obligation that's forcing you to leave the conversation. Because the key here, the gentleman thing here, is you want to be rude. You don't want to make the other person upset or angry. You want to do it in a debonair way where, hey, I'd love to continue the conversation, but I literally can't do so. At networking events, I've been known to throw it on as a responsibility onto the other person. They're, they're occupying too much of my time. I need to finish up work in the room. And I'll say, you know what? I'm sure you want to work the room. Yeah. And go meet everybody. So I don't want to take up any more of your time. Ah, and then I turn around and walk away. Debonair. And there then boom, go. it's on them. And it kind of lets them know what they're supposed to be doing besides bugging me. Or the way they do it <laughs> in Jay's world is they blink a red light at them and <laughs> tell them to get off the stage. Right? <laughs> <I do> that. <laughs> That's the Debonair way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. The question always is, and Jonathan, you hit this one right on the head. Are you Debonair enough? Yeah, I nailed this one. Nailed it. You know how to get away, right? When you have to. You ever been hooked? Do they do they still use the hook like back in the vaudeville days? I've never had that happen. No, no? Do I don't think they still do that. No, All right. gong. No more gongs. No gongs. No, no I'm, I'm I'm at a point where I, yeah, not a lot of that happens. But. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Bad News Barry has some news for us. Cigar news, 
And uh, we have Old Fart Freddy, the Tweets of the Week, and lots more. We have Jay Grove. He's a professional comedian, and he's here with us, and he'll be back with us when we return. That and more. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Savor this moment, the sparks of conversation, the anticipation of that first draw. Savor the story shared over a cigar like this, a cigar that makes this moment classic. Diavo Classic. Savor a composition of handcrafted Dominican leaf, graced with notes of 25-year-old tobacco. Richly complex, yet remarkably smooth. Savor a harmony of creamy, balanced flavors. A duet of two cigar virtuosos, jazz and cigar legend Avo Uvesian and master blender Hendrik Kellner. A cigar meant to be shared with friends old and new. The Avo Classic. Savor every note. Visit your local tobacconist or see the complete AVO line at avo.com. I'd like to file a missing persons report. I've lost my one true love. All right. What does she look like? She is like no other. Her skin, dark, simply gorgeous. Not slender, but firm to the touch. Well, we'll do everything we can for you, sir. The night we met over a fine scotch, it was love at first sight. Details. I need details, sir. Well, she's about five and a half inches tall. You mean five feet tall? No, inches. Oh, she's a mid a dwarf, uh, a little person. No, she's a cigar. Ah, right, sir. Is she a Fleur de Lorraine cigar? The cigar that men around the world are falling in love with? Yes. Oh, I've seen this before. Louie! Yeah? Uh, get him a Fleur de Lorraine cigar and a list of United Cigar retailers to carry it. Floor de Lorraine Cigars, simply gorgeous. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailers across the country. Floor de Lorraine, stop missing out. Mr. John, a shadowed figure spinning tunes on records that do not exist. Mr. John, a young cigar smoker on a crusade to champion the oldies, top 40, and yes, even country, with a host of DJs that operate above the mix. Mr. Jonathan is my dance instructor. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ. Mr. Jonathan is me. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com, your one stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. He reads the dictionary just for fun. He finds the minutiae of tax preparation enthralling. Years ago, at an open mic night, he was paid just to leave. He is the only man to win a staring contest with the Statue of Liberty. He is so uninteresting to women, he was forced to open a cigar shop to sell to men. He's not even a legend in his own mind. He finds himself boring. 
His family barely pays attention to him, and his mother refers to him as, hey you, he is David Garofalo, the least interesting man in the cigar world. Not since Zeno Davidoff as a cigar retailer had a brand named after him. The man himself may be a bore, but the cigar isn't. Garofalo is a premium handmade luxury cigar using U.S. shade wrapper and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers and binder. Complex and very interesting. Garofalo may be the most interesting cigar in the world. It once won a longest ash contest without even being lit. You don't light a Garofalo, it lights you. Its flavor expands on your palate faster than the universe. It has been said that this cigar would be phenomenal as a Maduro, except it's perfect as it is. I always smoke cigars, and when I do, I prefer Garofalo. Keep smoking Garofalo, my friends. Hey, Jack, I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. Really? What's it called? Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal? Is it really different from the other magazines? It is. Cigar Journal is all about cigars. None of the nonsense you see in other magazines. Really? Yeah, it has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. Is it a little newsletter? No, I think you'll be very impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, a thick cover, and is strictly for the cigar enthusiast. They cover cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. That sounds interesting. Where can I buy it? Cigar Journal is available at local cigar retailers and on the web at www.cigarjournal.co. That's cigarjournal.co. I'll sign up today. Here they go again, blowing smoke right in your face. Welcome back to the Cigar Authority. And we're back live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem. Bad news, Barry's got some cigar news. Mr. Jonathan's got the best tweets of the week, Old Fat Freddy, plus some questions in the mailbag. Welcome back to the Cigar Authority. Mailbag, let's go to a mailbag right now, Mr. Jonathan, see what uh, people are asking. These are pouring in. Thank you, everybody, for uh, asking questions. Uh, it's good. We, we want to know what you have to say, and uh, we'll give you our best answers. All right. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. You've got mail. There's a letter in your mailbox. The following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. In a recent podcast, you guys discussed many value-priced cigars. That was a ton of info. I was wondering if each of you could discuss your top two or three personal favorites in the value-priced cigar range. I generally gravitate towards medium-bodied cigars, but am willing to try anything, maybe even to gift to folks who are new to cigars. I learned so much from the podcast and have even bought cigars based on your reviews slash advertisers, as I trust your opinions. Keep up the good work. Maybe someday I can visit one of your stores if I can dig out of this snow in Iowa. LOL. Russ. All right, I'll give you a couple right now. Uh, one that I didn't mention uh, that day would be Topper. Topper makes a great value cigar. We're talking about a $3 cigar. Handmade at the Debonair factory yeah. in the Dominican Republic. Handmade. Handmade, hand-rolled, no mold. It's really a free-form kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, not the most beautiful-looking cigar when you look at it, but it is a broadleaf, <laughs> Connecticut broadleaf. What a nice taste. What a nice aroma to that cigar, opening the box of cigars. Uh, I like every time we empty a box of them, opening the next box up yeah. because it smells so great. Uh, sweet component to it. Great $3 cigar. Uh, another great one is uh, out of Nicaragua. Amazing cigar for that kind of price is Nick Perdomo's Nick Sticks. Yes. And that comes 
comes in Sungrown, it comes in Connecticut, it comes in Maduro. I like the Connecticut shade on that one. Uh, two of my best. I got, uh, I'm going to go Brickhouse and Perla Del Mar, both out of the same factory. And one, the if you smoke them back to back, Perla Del Mar first, it's like Brickhouse picks up where Perla Del Mar left off. Perla Del Mar starts milder, yes. Yeah. Box Press Connecticut, which is a weird thing to begin with anyway. Yeah, you're but... looking at a $5, $6 cigar right there. Yeah. And for me, I, I'm loving Dos Hombres. It was a cigar I wasn't aware of until I came up to two guys, you know, smoke shop. And I, I especially like the Nicaraguan. And uh, another cigar that I like that may be borderline in the sense of value, uh, but the Garofalo is one of the better Connecticut's that I've ever had. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. That's Nick Perdomo. He does a great job. There's no doubt about it. I was talking to Nick on the phone uh, while I was in um, uh, last week in uh, D.C., and um, oh, this is uh, Andy's numbers Nelson walking in here right now with a big pile of taxes. Oh, God. Fuck, it's gross. Dude, how to ruin a party. Seriously, <laughs> man. Well, and by the way, our friends at Cigar Federation gave uh, Garofalo in 92. I saw that. Yeah. That was awesome, man. And, uh, Kip, Thank you, guys. And Kip gave us a down in Tampa. He just changed the name of his site, and it escapes me. He gave it in 91. Great. It's good. Hey, the, you, <clears throat> I don't make the cigars. My name's attached to it, but I don't make it. But he makes a great cigar. There's no doubt about it. And, and uh, you want to try a torpedo. Try the torpedo on that. Dave, so, I'm going to go with classic. We had those on that show, yes. the value show. We had the classics. Yeah, $3 cigar. How do you beat that? Can't beat it. How do you beat that? Can't beat it with a stick. Yeah, that's what value is going on right now. So right now it's time for the best tweets of the week brought to you by our friends at Recluse Cigars. It's time for the social media segment brought to you by Recluse Cigars, the cigars that were built on social media. All Recluse Cigars go through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years to guarantee you balanced flavor. Try a Recluse Cigar today. And these are the best tweets I saw all week. Math problem. A small town girl boards a train leaving South Detroit at midnight. If she doesn't stop believing, how long is her journey? Stop. No magician can ever impress me more than the take off the bra and make it appear through the sleeve trick that girls do. You gotta Nothing? Yeah, Nothing? I get you. I get you. It's weak. Okay. Weak, right? Tell him, Jay. <laughs> Tell him how bad these are. I am very thankful that centipedes can't fly. That would be terrifying. We need the hook. Yeah, give him the hook. Give him the hook, Louie. Is it really a joke? Just a real fear someone has. Yes, it is. (laughs) If you don't like V-neck T-shirts, but all the buttons on your polo shirt are unbuttoned, hashtag your V-neck has a collar. Huh? All right, I'm going to give you a second to read this one. Read this one to yourself for one second, because this is the last one you got. This 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 is the we have a professional comedian here. You got nothing. This is the best tweet I saw all week. You got it. You got it. You got it. Hang on. And he's going to read it first, which right. is which is a good thing, right? I'm going to try. Isn't it best to actually read the, the joke <clears throat> before you actually perform it? I, I like the way he's working with a net. Okay. Exciting. <laughs> Bring wife flowers, and she says, now I have to open my legs, don't I? Wait, don't we own a vase? Today's social media segment was brought to you by Recluse Cigars, rolled N2-bar, the old Cuban way for an effortless and perfect draw. Every time. <clears throat> oh, God. All right, we're running out of time. Let's move right on to the aging room. This is Old Fat Freddy. You got this? Here we go. It's time to step into the aging room. Sometimes 
Aging makes a great cigar even better, just like Aging Room Cigars. They're made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobaccos. And here in our Aging Room is Old Fart Freddy. In my day, the president fought enemies both foreign and domestic. Nowadays, the president is the enemy through his policies, both foreign and domestic. In my day, changing the law literally took an act of Congress. Nowadays, three unelected liberal ladies in a back room can change the fate of this great nation one town at a time. It just ain't right. In my day, guns were single action. In order to fire quickly, you had to be good with the cock. Nowadays, guns practically load and fire themselves. We were men ruled by great men of the people, by the people, and for the people that were quick with their cock and actually got what they voted for. Sometimes, aging makes a great cigar even better. Just like aging room cigars. Made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobacco. Try aging room cigars from Boutique Blends. Some things are better aged. Some are not. Excuse me while I whip this thing out. Now, wait a minute. I know what you guys are thinking, but it's actually a nice aging room cigar. There we go. So that is uh, Old Fat Freddy, and that is what Mr. Jonathan writes each week. So uh, Give it to me. Go ahead. Say it to him. <laughs> go ahead. Give it to me, Jay. Do, do you have any more of those tweets you can read? <laughs> <laughs> Did Russ in Iowa have anything else to say? <laughs> is there a PS on the mailbag? No, it's, hey, it's tough. It's tough to write comedy. As, as, as evidenced see. by, uh, <laughs> I'm ki- if it were that, I wouldn't say that. Yes, it was terrible. We know. No, it. it's, 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 uh, it's tough to write for other folks. There we go. And to be, to be fair, Old Fart Freddy, I, I think he could have invested a little more there. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like Old Fart Freddy might have had the paper in front of him when he, uh, when he did ah. this. Got to memorize it, Old Fart Freddy. Make it your own. Own it. Good luck with that. He's like 100. <laughs> <laughs> he can't remember that he's Old Fart Freddy half the time. Oh. Old Fart Freddy started off, he was mildly, uh, he was, uh, mildly racist there. He was, he was kind of, <laughs> <laughs> didn't know where he was going. That's the whole idea of Old Fart Yeah, I think I've met Old Fart Freddy at a couple of shows up in northern New Hampshire. Yeah. There we go. So, Jay Grove, uh, where can uh, somebody find you? Uh, you know, do you have some sort of web page or something where they can I see do. what you're yeah. playing? I'm yeah. online at jgrove.com, and that's got uh, everything from clips to my upcoming shows and the ability to buy tickets and that kind of thing. Shoot me feedback. Uh, and you can also check out my comedy club, Veronica Laughs Comedy Club in Raymond, New Hampshire, and that's at vlaughslaffs.com. Is Jay Grove your real name? It is not. That, it's not. It's not. I was going to say, that's a great stage when name. I When I started, I know I alluded to a little bit earlier, I was working uh, youth services. When most guys start for lack of good punchlines, they tend to be a little dirtier. And I thought maybe that wasn't the best uh, thing to do is have my name where kids can go on and yeah. YouTube. So, no. But it's, good, then it's a great the, name. Well, then I started getting work with it. And at that point, it's tough to switch out of it and go, well, no, it's really this guy. So, yeah. All right, so J-A-Y Grove. Yep. jgrove.com, and we'll see where you're playing, or go visit him at his comedy club, uh, which we'll do. Maybe we'll, That would be uh, great. I would love to offer you guys a VIP table to the show on the 21st. Uh, I'm going to actually be headlining that night, so it'll be a lot of fun. Wow, we can turn this into yeah. a uh, two-guys uh, thing, and we all go out for drinks and comedy. And... Wouldn't that be nice? Huh? I was uncomfortable when he said he turned it into a two-guys thing, then I realized he meant that. That's the main yes. story. <laughs> yes, yes. We get that a lot. We do. We do. And we have to stick with that. I, I didn't realize that when we started the company and uh, it was just two guys opening a cigar store. And I'm surprised Old Fart Freddy will even work for you. Really? Right? Well, he's, he's into it. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's, in, 
he's into it. So uh, next week, uh, I will come back from Cuba. I will give a lot of information of what we did there. But uh, what we did here today is we had Cubanacon. We went with a double Connecticut, a mild cigar. I enjoyed very, very much. We moved on to a very full-bodied uh, knuckle dragger by Romacraft. And after smoking it, I understand why they call it the knuckle dragger. It's so strong, I feel like my knuckles are dragging. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is very full-bodied, but you know what? It's got a good flavor. I can get through it. I, yeah. I got through it and, um, you know, just wouldn't be... Uh, the, the go-to, uh, Barry. If I if I go to the other one that you said we just took on the um, the extension, the extension, the cranium, cranium, milder. <clears throat> you know what? It's a little bit of a longer cigar, so it smokes a little bit cooler, so it doesn't come across as strong, at least in the beginning. Yeah. So it, it's full-bodied. So if you're looking for full-bodied, this is your answer. You're looking for a milder cigar. It is the Cubanacan uh, uh, Connecticut. Um, and uh, we're going to uh, possibly smoke Cuban cigars next week when we come back, uh, if I can bring enough back, and that's the way it works. But that's the idea of it, uh, legal Cuban cigars, because the government says I can. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had a Cuban cigar on the show in five years. So uh, we're going we're gonna to try to pull that off, see if we can. Um, also, uh, next week when we come back will be Pi Day. 3.1415, March 14th, 2015, and we have a special smoke coming out just for that day called Pie. And uh, if everything works the way I hope it to, we will have a selection of pies to also eat. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'll have nothing to do with it. I'm going to leave that to you, gentlemen. Terrific. Okay. I think you left it to the fat guy, so we're good to go. <laughs> All right, we're good to go. Unless I eat them on the way in. Is there such thing as Cuban pie, or is this a punchline? No, they, uh, we'll find out that, too. Um, I'll report back next week with those, that information and, oh, and more. Remember, folks, this show and every show of the Cigar Authority is absolutely free, no charge to you, so don't be asking for your money back. For Mr. Jonathan, Chuck Morris, and Barry Stein, and comedian Jay Grove, I'm David Garofalo, and you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Hey, and when you are smoking your knuckle dragger by Roma Craft, always remember, keep the lid end out of your mouth. We'll see you next week, everybody. Take a trip into another world. CAO Columbia. The newest addition to CAO's World Blends is a delicious addition to the CAO collection. It's the first cigar to prominently feature Colombian tobacco and is a mild to medium-bodied blend boasting notes of toasted nuts sprinkled with briny nuances. Using a tobacco from the isolated mountainous region of Colombia, the Aiku Mazinga tobacco is a unique and rare find that provides a smoking experience you won't forget. For a savory smoke that takes you to another world, visit CAO Colombia. Yeah, you want to know what Lenny Clark has to say about Two Guys Smoke Shop? Two guys, the Two Guys Smoke Shop guys are the nicest guys. And I'll tell you, sometimes you go into a cigar store, you really don't know what you're looking for. It's very intimidating. And a lot of times people have a tendency to be arrogant with you, like they know it all. Not the guys, you know what? The guys up at the Two Guys Smoke Shop, if you're a first-time smoker or you're looking for a great, go in and see them. They'll put you at ease. They'll make you feel at home. They'll get you the best cigar you can can get for the best deal. You can't beat it. And then whenever I'm in New Hampshire again, if I'm in high-speed police chase or something, I'll stop in and have a smoke with those two guys. Why, thank you, Lenny Clark. As a man,